This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is back for its 15th season of madness about Chelsea. Uh, It feels like it as well. Well, here we go again, another season, more glorious, unpredictably, and hopefully a trophy at the end of it all. Or even two trophies at the end of it all. Or three or four. I don't mind. Maybe something glittery and silver. That would be nice. Now, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. A new era for Chelsea started on Saturday with the Bowley Clear Lake Consortium uh, taking the reins during the summer, of course. Now, it all kicked off at what has been a bogey ground for Chelsea in recent times, Goodison Park. While the result, a 1-0 win, was pleasing, we won where we frequently lost and got the season off to a winning start. Some things never change, so it seems. Not finishing teams off when well on top. Outmuscled and outpaced. Ponderous in midfield. And failing to put chances away. Now, I don't mean to sound churlish. It is, after all, very early days and there are many new players to bed in and too many dead weights to get rid of. Uh, Chelsea, I think, will be very much like a pint of Grolsch and it will take time. That's a joke for the teenagers. No, why why do they always say one for the teenagers? It's an old joke. Anyway, the bright spots, of course, were the debut performances from Koulibaly, Sterling and Cucurella, all of whom seem to rubbish the claims that Chelsea have not done anything in the transfer market. Hopefully there's more to come in terms of transfers, furs even, and an uplift in performances. So strap yourselves in and roll up to what will inevitably be another roller coaster season in the life of a Chelsea supporter following the Blues and listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Here we go again. And that, in fact, is the title of this show. Here we go again, the Chelsea Fancast number 918. 
and I am Stamford Bridge. No, I'm Stamford Chidge. I'm clearly, <laughs> I've clearly, I'm clearly still drunk from the weekend. Chidge has forgotten his name. Yes, Roly Barkin QC. I mean, I, I have excuses. I mean, basically, I've been on the piss since Friday. It was my birthday on Friday, and uh, I've had a rather lovely weekend. So there you go. Yes, I am Stamford Chidge. This is the Chelsea Fancast. This is our fifteenth season. It is number nine hundred and eighteen. And I am delighted to welcome back to a the I think we should call these the Happy Mondays. Uh, you are you are the Bez to my Sean Ryder. Oh, I was Mr. about Kiss. to say, can I be Bez? Yeah, Good you stuff. are. I've met Bez. Should I tell you a funny Bez story? Yeah, go on. Then. All right, Bez was a guest on the that that World Cup program I made for Nuts TV back in two thousand and six, uh, and he basically uh, he 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 hardly had any money. And he had a very big bag with him. And he basically cleaned out the green room's beer fridge, wine fridge, nibbles fridge, anything that wasn't nailed down, Bez removed. But because he was Bez, we didn't really care. So there you go. Was that sort of his, his, his wage, his payment? Did you not pay him? Yeah, of course we paid him. Allowed? Of course we you paid, paid him. You paid him as well? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just wonder, when you are a, um, um, a turn who all you do is dance and shake things in a band you know i suppose you have to take every opportunity of thinking my career might not be lasting very long as it was he his reputation went before him after that he became known as bez from happy mondays good on him you know good for him um is is here we go again a reference to the the hollies song here i go again is it is it that uh no that's that's no uh, that's a white snake song is any fool no Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm possibly going into a different era there. Okay. No, I, I actually, I'll tell you, can I, I, I shall be completely transparent and honest with you. It, it wasn't necessarily a musical reference. Um, it was okay. originally going to be a play on the uh, Fabrizio Romano, Here We Go, which he has become his catchphrase. But uh, uh, we have an email, which I will not, I'll say no more about, but we, it's our first email tonight that you will be reading it. Um, yeah. But actually, the, the young man, who wrote in entitled it here we go again and i just thought well i was going to call it here we go actually i like here we go again and here we go again it's the start of the season my friend who who is our first guest well actually i haven't said who i am first well i I think people know who you are i think there are people yet to be discovered in the amazon rainforest who know who you are jonathan and you never know there might be some people listening for the first time i'm jonathan kidd and i am uh, i am uh, i'm chidge's whip it whip it uh, good yeah, thank you very much. Yes, um, Chidge, we've done what's this? Fifteen. I, I think I've been with you ten. Have you really? Is this your tenth anniversary? Yeah. Well, around about then, I reckon so. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That's brilliant. And um, do you think we'll be doing it another fifteen years? Um, another fifteen. Well, we de- I've decided that actually, what you and I should do um, is we should we should both retire. I mean, I know you're a little bit older than me, but I'm I'm tired, so we should both retire to a um, a, a retirement home for old lushes and loveys. And we should podcast from there on a Monday night. So yeah, could Definitely. I affect an old person's voice? Do you think as I get as the show goes on a bit longer? Do you yeah, think? why not? Why not? Okay, I'll start now. So um, here we have as a guest on the show tonight. It's somebody. Uh, actually, I don't. I I can't remember who they are. Shall I have? Alzheimer's or amnesia. Well, I think I think I've already done that one, haven't I? I've done, yeah, we've done that one already. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and that was very cruel of me. Um, people who have Alzheimer's. Um, yeah, um, but uh, it is in fact, of course. Hey, it's it's the housewife's choice, and we haven't seen him all season because it, there hasn't been a season. Because this is the opening game of the season we're talking about. So I'll start again. It's the housewife's choice. It is, of course, the 
um, the erudite, the the goalie himself, goalie 59, the the man who knows everything there is about goalkeepers and, of course, about Chelsea and uh, and many other things as well. The very bright, interesting, entertaining and lovely man. It is, of course, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Good evening. Thank you, Jonathan. That's very kind of you to say all those nice things. Absolutely delighted to be here. Looking forward to it. Very honoured to be on the first Monday night of the season. Well, I mean... You are the housewife's choice, and uh, I, I know I don't have any faith. Yeah, there's no housewife that actually listens to well, this, but that's, I am ac- that's actually true. Only 1% of our demographic is, in fact, uh, women, let alone housewives. It's something we need to rectify, really. We're not, you know, well, how did you get the nickname then, the housewife's choice? Uh, you you gave it to him. You gave did it to him. Did I? Yeah. <laughs> it's a JK original. Remember. Anyway, it's it is lovely to see you. You are the housewife's choice, and I mean, I know I have no like all good parents. I have no favourites on the fan cast, but uh, if I was to have a favourite, it would probably be you. So I thought, I thought, bless you. I, I thought it would be lovely to kick the old season rolling uh, with you on the show, Clayton. So there we go. Thank you very much, Lord Chidge. Even though you said I hadn't told you, which may or may not have been true. No, no, no. That that was completely <laughs> down to me. Was it? That was I. I just I don't know. Right? You get so many WhatsApps and so many oh, no, this, that, and the other, and oh, it's do just you? like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> JK sends them to himself just so he doesn't yeah. get left out. Yeah. So anyway, yes, it's lovely to be here. And thank you very much for reminding me by the, by way of that tweet that I was actually on this evening, which I was thrilled to be. Well, there you go. Let's hope it's, I'm sure it'll be a cracker. It's uh, first, first ones of the new season always are. Now, on the show tonight, uh, in part one, we discuss Tuchel's team selection and his subs. We say Auf Wiedersehen to Tim O'Werner. Uh, we throw up uh, at the site of the away kit and we look at rusty performances, awful set pieces, but also new recruits impressing. And in part two, we choose our man of the match. We ask for more from the players. We contemplate Tommy T's words on the system and discuss why the midfield is still the issue. The two are inextricably linked, in my opinion. Uh, in part three, uh, we've got some cracking emails to read out. Uh, we really do, actually. There's some doozies. And the results, oh, this is my favourite bit of the show tonight, the results from the first week of our Prem Predictions League, Jonathan. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, I am. So there we go. As ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live. Live. Every Monday night at 7pm, unless we don't do it on a Monday night at 7pm. But if we do, we'll be on Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast where of course you can join in the chat from with a lot I mean the people and in, in, I mean they're all in there it's, it's absolutely going mental of course I should say hello to a few of them because we haven't seen them for ages we've got Disco Donny, Danny Franci- uh, Francisco, Matthew the American, Chelsea Claire, Dennis Freddle, all these old friends of ours, Paul Burgess, uh, Dennis Wise or Wise Dennis I don't think it, don't think it is the Dennis Wise, the lovely Bob Uzre, Leaf, um, who else have we got in? Leaf Police. No, Leaf Leaf Erickson. Keeve. Leaf Keeve. Uh, just to name a few. English Dan. Oh, there's like Shed in Seattle. Oh, Diana. Diana's in there. Fantastic. Nick Matthew Harding up at Tommy Hayes. There are so many. It is so good to see you all. We have missed you, missed you, missed you. So there you go. You can join in the chat with all of that lot. They sit there posting rude comments about the nonsense that we say, which is entirely appropriate, and I absolutely heartily Rightly appreciate so. it. Yeah. Rightly so. Mate, I love that. That is what that is what it's about. Yeah. We yeah. talk bollocks, you call it yeah. out. 
Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, exactly that. So there you go. So you can join them. It's great fun. Any other time, in fact, any time you like, you can uh, tweet us at Chelsea Fancast, but actually, basically, we're at Chelsea Fancast on all the socials. So we will be back in a very short time to talk about the first match of Chelsea's season. Mr. Kid, what can I say? It, it It's a bit like rain at the moment. It's bloody rare. But I got the team selection that you oh. and Dan argued the toss about on Friday night. No, no, night. no. no. Yes, we had both to argue, did. Chid. We had to I argue. I know, I know. It was our right to argue. It was. You give us a team and we have to give all yeah. the other possibilities. No, but I yes, know, I know. You were spot on I, and congratulations. Unbelievable, congratulations. unbelievable. But to, to be fair, JK, it wasn't blinding genius. I think that we're... We're we're learning to know that Mr. Tuchel is rather conservative, really. And uh, obviously the news that Aspie had signed the two-year deal, we didn't know about at the time, but that made him a racing certainty. But I thought he'd play anyway. So so there you go. i tell you what really tickled me, um, and, and uh, I made a note as, as such, but the uh, I thought, um, I mean, you know, obviously I'm going to agree with the team selection because it's the one I, I chose, but... I thought the bench actually was quite strong, I thought. Um, Kepper, Brozier, good to see him on the bench. Trevo, Kukurella, Gallagher, Kovacic, Lostless Cheek, Pulisic and Ziyech. I thought that was quite a strong bench. I, I don't know what you well, thought. It, it depends whether you think that, that any of them is good enough anymore. I mean, Captain America came on and played um, as badly as he did last year and doesn't seem to commit. I'm not um, so sure about that, actually. I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, on, on, a, on, a, on a, T, a Timo Werner scale of incompetence, um, he kind of matched Werner. He, he was really running around like a whirling dervish. And I have to say, there was one bit where he, he nicked the ball off Pickford. Um, and, you know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was... But he should have, he should have shot. Well, he yeah, but the referee the referee yellow carded yeah the, exactly. Thank you, Clayton. The referee brought the play back for a foul on him. That's yes, why I didn't the, shoot. But I, I look, mate, hundred percent commitment. And you and I and Clayton no, no, have I, been watching Chelsea for long enough to know that there have been times in this club's history that the only thing that we could really ever demand of our players was a hundred percent commitment. So we love we love commitment. Yeah. You know, so we love commitment. We like skill and excellence as well. But yeah. if they don't have that, we're willing to to accept exactly. some commitment. But you don't want it commitment every week. You want the, you want scoring goals. We, and well, the, indeed. But, I, I but thought, no, um, I, um, I right. remember I thought that Chalabar might play instead of Dave. And I, I, the problem is, is that Dave just exhibited all the reasons why he shouldn't be playing, which is that he can't cross and he's not quick enough. And he got done. Remember that that in the, they almost scored if it hadn't been for Silver's uh, terrific reaction. Um, when, when it was uh, uh, two players attacking, I can't remember the name of the player who, who, who did him. It was our was our corner, wasn't it? One of our. I think it was Gordon. Sixteen corners that oh, we had. Yeah. Yes, it was Gordon again. Gordon who, is a moron. Is, yeah, who uh, who Duncan Ferguson was um, was was trying to big up as being one of the great players. Wasn't Duncan Ferguson the most irritating prick that I've heard since at least the end of last season? Well, the trouble is you just hope that Sky would somehow um, even it up by having a Chelsea 
player on there as well. It doesn't seem to make any sense to me why they, they just pick somebody out. You know, you know the... why that is? All the ex-players are on Frank's coaching staff. Oh, that's true. That's true. All of them. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a, 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 a glorious bench. I'm sorry, it's a glorious their bench, a yeah. glorious staff bench, wasn't it? Um, but yes. Yeah, so, so Dave, you're, you know, I really hope Dave doesn't play very much. I'm afraid because he really is. He, we're, we're going into an Ivanovic um, era do, with, do, 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 do. with, yeah, with, uh, with Dave. Sorry, um, no, I couldn't resist. I know you couldn't. I know. I know. I've, I've ignored you though. Um, uh, sorry, I'm only a little bit hurt. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll come, I'll do it with you as well. Ivanovic. You know what? I sang that. We sang that all the way from Fulham after beating them. Well, I don't even know what the result was now, but from Fulham's ground, Craven Cottage, all the way back to Chelsea. Some bloke, walking. Yeah, all the way. some just yeah. bloke just, just did it. And it was fucking funny at the time. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. He's, yeah. 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 But, yeah, you know, once again, you know, great servant, but I, I, if we're looking for excellence and improvement, he's somebody who is there as a fail-safe. I don't think he should be starting. But, but, but great experience, great leadership still. I mean, you know, he, he, yeah. he he's good. I think, I'm, do you know what? I mean, we haven't had that because we didn't know on Friday, did we? But I'm, I'm actually not not hugely pissed off that, that Dave's, you know, signed another two years. Cause I, no, I no, think, no, I'm, I'm happy know, for that. I just, yeah. I'd like an alternative starter. Well, you know, I, I, just, I, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's I mean, I think the thing is what he's trying to do, I get the impression that, that you know they wanted to replace the the, the centre halves obviously, but he's trying to make the defence as tight as possible, as as watertight as possible. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, I want to talk about that later. Yeah. That. I've, well, right, I'll tell you for why. Way. No, no, don't, don't. I'm not trying to cut you off or, or yeah. shut you up. But I've got some great quotes from uh, Tuchel after the match, which absolutely go into that. Clayton, do you know what I thought about the bench? I thought it was very strong, but I thought it was also very interesting. Really, it was more interesting for who was not on it. Uh, Hudson Adoy, Werner, who Walter Otten found out was playing 18 holes of golf somewhere else. Uh, Marcus Alonso wasn't on it, and Ziyech was on it but didn't get on. Um, I want, and of course now we know that Hudson Adoy's out. You know, after after getting out of the club, loan or otherwise, Werner is going to Leipzig, which we'll talk about in a minute. We know Alonso wants to go to Barca, so Tuchel didn't pick him for that reason, and we know Ziyech wants away, so. I thought it was interesting for that reason. You know, we're now finding out who Tuchel doesn't like and who wants out. Yeah, I, I think that it's nice to see a strong bench again. It's been several years and you actually looked at that bench and thought, yeah, no, that's very good. Yeah, I, I, I think he is, but he's no different to any other manager, is he? He's got his favourites. He's got people he wants to play and and, and that's it. Um, but isn't that fair enough, Clayton? Isn't that fair enough? Yeah, I'd say so. I yeah. I mean, it basically means he's decisive. He's got a plan, and he wants he wants to do a certain thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I read Paul Canaville's tweet today. I don't know if you saw it. That he was very peed off that uh, Hudson Adoy is looking to go because he made the point that he came in early to start training before other people really got himself fit. And now he is um, comparing it to the Tammy Abraham situation. And I just wonder whether Paul's being a little bit mischievous again. I don't know. Well, I think he he, he likes Hudson Adoy because he's got, he got to know him. If you remember, he did that anti-racism thing with, yeah. with, with uh, Callum. Yeah. Um, and of course, Callum went to Whitgift 
so will be much beloved of Colin Pates, who, of course, uh, Canners works with on the hospitality day. So I would imagine, I mean, I like Callum Hudson-Odoi, and he's a kid that's come up through the ranks. I want to see him succeed. But you know what? I don't think Tuchel fancies him, and like he didn't he's, fancy Abraham. He's the big player that Tuchel seemed to spend ages and ages telling what to do and standing up and being irritated with. He yeah. was the most irritated with Adoy because Adoy wasn't doing what he wanted him to do. That's, I mean, that's, we, we, we don't know, do we? we, we I mean, we always no, say... As always. As a, well, I can only know, go we, from we body language and shouting. See the manager shouting at the player all the time. I think you appreciate that he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing and, you know, jumping up and down and pointing. You sort of get an idea that he's not... He's not performing in the way he's, he's supposed to, you know. Yeah, I, I think last season that sort of many times that he played, we all got frustrated with him. We thought he could do better. Yeah, but, that's, but that, uh, don't you think that's going to be his legacy? Is we all think you could do better and perhaps... perhaps well, um, it would be his legacy if we sell him. I don't think we will. I think we'll stick him out on loan. On loan somewhere, yeah. Because I think, and we'll, we'll come on to this, if we're going to, you know, talk about transfers and all the rest of it, I th- I think that it, it it what's happening is that we are basically we we seem to be stockpiling young players again, promising young players, which is either a good thing or a bad thing, considering you know t- depending on what happens to them, and it might just be and you know they're a business that they're basically um, investing in the future well, and, and not necessarily in the team but basically financially i don't and think so i i don't I, I think that if cho goes i think it will be on loan because mm. i think that they'll think mm, maybe there is something there and we're just not he's, you know he just needs a, a season away he's but never that be on the word of the manager is, though? He's, he's never ever been on loan you it's think about me. mason mount you think about reese james you think about Ruben Loftus cheek. CHO has never been on loan. Because there was that that big push for him to be given that huge contract because of the, the Bayern interest. And that was considered we were throwing away this great talent. Yeah, correct. And yet he hasn't ever come up to the standard, the ability. Well, we hang on a minute, JK. He has had control. a massive Achilles injury in the middle no, of all I, that. I, I, but it doesn't matter, though. Well, it does because it means that he's he's no, clearly not as good as he was. He's a professional in a in a really yeah, but it, Jonathan, game. I know, I agree with that. But if you just had a really nice, I, I remember at the time when we talked about it, and I said, in a sense, Hudson and Doy's Achilles injury was worse than Ruben Loftus Cheeks, although Loftus Cheeks was horrendous. But the reason why it was worse because nobody was near him at all when it happened. So psychologically, that would have a massive effect on him because he just won't trust his ankle. And you know, everybody's different absolutely accept that but for him clearly it's taking him a long time and of course there may be other issues which you're alluding to in terms of his relationship with Tuchel his performances on the pitch not doing what he's told to do um you know from the interview I did with Colin Pates a couple of years ago you know there was a hint of a bit of an attitude issue but Patesy said he was a lovely lad I mean he was cheeky and he would try it on but he was basically a lovely lad and he would deliver so, you know, there are a lot of things when, uh, going on the, behind the scenes we don't know about, you know, but I do think you have to, to take into account the impact of an, of an injury like that on his development and on him getting back to where he was. Yeah, I, know, but I agree completely, but we, we can't even consider that if he's not up to scratch. You can't make the excuse well, for him. No, I agree. And I mean, that's the, ultimately, that's what will happen. They, as, I, think, I think Clayton's right. I think that they will try and loan him out because I think there's still a question mark over him. 
Um, and I think if they if they were to sell him, it would be you know it would be a bit of an investment down the pan, having kind of kept him on. Can I just move this on because we know about somebody who's going, and uh, I have a suspicion that J.K. has wet his knickers in excitement at this prospect. Oh, cheers! Uh, well, wearing I, any? I'm, well, this is true. That's that would explain the stain on your jeans. And anyway, Tim O'Verner. Uh, has uh, has gone is gone. Well, I think it's pretty much confirmed that he's going back to Leipzig, and I think we might even get thirty to fifty million for him, which would be remarkable. Um, I know, I know, you've never been a fan, J.K. So I'll, I'll start with you, and then me and Clayton can have our our say. Uh, it's about time. T T F F T, as I posted today on Twitter. Thank fuck for that. We're well rid. My goodness me, lack of bottle, lack of control, missing sitters, giving him all the opportunities and chances. This constantly trotted out line, everybody said, yes, but he's, he's a good runner. And he, and he once again, he competes well that he makes an effort. Uh, well, he did it, until he stopped doing that. Yeah, well, yeah, but well, perhaps that because he wasn't, perhaps it, it, it became his own his own prophecy, perhaps he wasn't playing enough, so he didn't make enough effort to then get selected. But I think it was recently down to the row they had. They had a row on um, uh, over over some uh, being ordered around by Tuchel. He and I, he and I, he and Werner had a, a some kind of confrontation. And I think that was the end of that. Um, and he just asked to well whether he's asked to go or not. But I mean, I don't understand why he was given so many chances. I suppose he was given chances just because perhaps he'd done well in training. Perhaps um, uh, he was being given the opportunity to play with, they were trying to work out. I and mean, I think he's got a major problem with the strikers full stop, with the pattern of the strikers, which we, I was going to get onto this whole process can, of. Can we, can we but, get onto that later? Because it's kind of. The of way, yeah, okay. Okay. Well, it's in the yes, script. I, yes, I'm pleased he's going. I've never thought he was any good. So who if, is, if, uh, somebody with the no control, he's got terrible control. He can't control the ball properly. He's got, he's got, he's, he's like a chicken. He's headless <laughs> and mindless. And he just passes to no one and look, doesn't look up. and Like gets a Jack Russell radio. chasing a balloon, mate. Yeah, indeed. That's what I said originally. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't know what good riddance is in German, but maybe somebody will write it and tell me. But Good riddance. Uh, good riddance to the German. Uh Clayton, um, he did run around a lot, and and we do love players for doing that. Um, and he did. God loves a trier. I mean, why? And he why, had a nice song. He had a nice song. I mean, apart from that, why? Why? I mean, we we did seem to warm to him. We did take him to our hearts. We did kind of, you know, oh, well. J.K. aside. But I mean, I've been in Stamford Bridge for most of last season. I remember what it was like, and a few away. We did matches. that to Kesman. Yeah, all right. Pipe down. Um, you know, he did get a lot of uh, love from the supporters. They were behind him. And it's because, I mean, you know, I think if we're dead eyed, cold like JK has been analytically, he's been an absolute flop, mate. He's basically got more love from the crowd than any player since he's been there. And I have absolutely no idea why. I think it's because they all like the song. They like <laughs> yeah, singing I'm, the I'm song. Pretty really sure that, that has a lot to do with it. Um, yeah, I mean, just not good enough, yeah. basically. It's as, it's as simple as that. I don't think it needs huge over-analysts. I mean, you could actually say that, and this is being incredibly unfair, but you could actually say that if Timo Werner had taken all his chances when Frank was manager, Frank would possibly still be manager now. We might not have won the European Cup again, but that that's all whatever. 
He's, I, I don't know, I just don't get him. You, you see him do the most amazing things, but you also see him do the most awful things as well. So it's, it's quite difficult because, you know, the guy obviously tried and it's obviously been a huge, huge thing. He also, you know, you can't forget that he, when he arrived, um, it was COVID. Um, we don't know how much that affected him in settling in, etc. Um, so that has to be taken into account. But the bottom line is he just didn't score the goals. And when you look at people and you say they didn't score enough goals, you say, well, they didn't get the service. But I, I think he did get the service. I think he, he even by, maybe he created a lot of those chances by by his own, you know, the, the speed and, and getting in the positions, which was all great. And I remember that when he first joined and they were saying, well, you know, he keeps getting in the positions. If he doesn't score, you know, he keep going because he gets in the right place. And, and, he, and he continued to, to sort of get <laughs> in the right place, but he just couldn't put the ball in the net. It was just ridiculous. I mean, he's, his stats for last year, I haven't got them in front of me, but I think he scored five league goals and three of those were against Southampton. Yeah. I mean, it's just not um, good enough. I think what was really telling for me, uh, was just reading about it today, was that Tuchel had apparently given up by the tour. He just he tried so many different things to try and get a tune out of him, and he just gave up. He said, "I, I don't know what I can. Do. I don't know what more I can do. I can't get anything out of him." So, I think that was quite telling. Yeah, I, I, you you can see that. You can see. I mean, I mean, we'll come on to Tommy C in the next part, but you could see even on Saturday how frustrated he was with the whole thing. And it's sort of it's it's slightly worrying that he seems to be this wound up and this frustrated. Oh, completely. This yeah. this early. I mean, you know, you got signs of second season Mourinho in the sort of body language. Well, but... He, yeah, but he is he is passionate. I mean, he's to be really fair. I mean, I know what you mean, but you know, he said this last year. He is very passionate on the touchline. He gets very crappy when people don't do what he wants. He gets very cross. That's just yeah. the way he is. But he said afterwards, you know, he kind of makes up with them, and and you know, he had a big go at the uh, the corners at the set pieces. He had a big go at the um, who is the corner guy? Who what's the name of the guy? Can't remember. Is the the set piece guy? Um, and I can't remember now. Anthony something or other. But, yeah, yeah. He, he had a real go at him in close up. The cameras got him turning round and saying to him, what on earth is going on well, here? Well, I don't but blame I mean, him, mate. 16 no, hey, corners and they were fucking completely. terrible. All terrible. All just, just, just seeing how many... Was, by the way, that was a highlight of your fan bite. <laughs> 16 <laughs> corners and all shit. <laughs> yeah, they were. 16 corners. Well, and, and the free kicks. 13 free kicks. I mean, obviously not all of them were like, you know, just outside the penalty area, but... Fucking terrible, mate. Honestly, sort it out. No wonder Tommy Tuca was... Because, I mean, what we... Again, we don't know because we're not there. But one would imagine, you know, he's on the training ground all week with them and he sees them doing what they're supposed to do. And then when it comes to a match, they don't... I mean, it would drive you up the wall. It would drive me up the wall. I don't really blame him on this. Um, yeah, it, it seemed to be that Reese James was was taking most of them and was all a bit laconic. There was one of the corners. Do you remember the ball was passed short? That's the wrong expression. Passed sort of towards our goal and it was then ended up with Chilwell passing it back to to Mandy and you just thought what on earth has happened with that what was that as a as an attempted ploy what was supposed to be going on there it was completely devoid of ideas it was you'd I have mean, thought with 16 at least there'd be one 
decent header on target or something. I mean, there wasn't any of that. Nothing. I mean, dreadful. Yeah, we, you know, we've got big enough defenders to get on the end of set pieces. Maybe not so much a big old-fashioned number nine. But, I mean, you know, if I was to, um, you know, talk about the match really from Saturday, I think what I would say is that, well, basically, Clayton... It was just a ring rusty performance, really. And I mean, you know, we've all been around the block long enough to know that this quite often happens. You know, uh, it takes them a few weeks to to get match fit, match sharp, you know, get the summer out of their legs. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. And I mean, you know, the reality is getting a getting a result at Goodison Park. I mean, you know, we're already three points better off than we were last season, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, I, I I think that it, it was all about the performance. Not sorry, it was all about the result, not the performance. When we come on to Tommy T, I have a theory which I will probably bore you with um, shortly. But but the 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 thing is that we are, I would say, two weeks off of where we should be, yeah. and you know. Everybody's going on about Arsenal and Tottenham and they're this, that and the other. Basically, they weren't sanctioned. They got their transfers done early. You know, they went on their tours and they came back and all the rest of it. Our tour seems to have knackered us more than, I don't know, it should have done. I don't know what went on out there, whether they were... Four flights, when there are four internal flights in America. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, and then, well, let's go to Italy as well. Why? Why the fuck do we need to go to Italy? You know, it's just, it was, the the squad looks knackered and we haven't even started that, yet. That's I mean, worrying, isn't it? I that think, is worrying. It is, it is worrying. And I, I saw somebody tweet earlier today, and apologies, I can't remember who it was, that, that made the point that the most worrying thing was that the three fittest people on the pitch were the people that we'd bought in from other clubs. So... Yeah, it's um, but it. I think it's just if we can get over this this initial two week period, and we can get results in all three of those games, and obviously Saturday's or Sunday's not going to be easy, and then the following week against Leeds, who are going to be chasing around like buzzy flies, um, is not going to be easy. But I think it's just a question of getting over this period, getting the transfer window over, getting anybody else in that's coming in. Um, and I, you know, it's it's going to be tough, but but yeah, we are ring rusty, and, and we looked it. But by the same token, you know, you look around the league, there's a lot of other teams that are ring rusty as well. Well, Liverpool, anybody? I mean, two two against Fulham, nobody saw that coming. Yeah, and then Man United. No, I, I did see that coming because I predicted two one to Brighton that, in that the wasn't predictions. That ring rusty, Ooh, was it? That was just gee. them carrying on. Um, but so let's yeah. face it, Everton were poor, weren't they? Poor. I mean, they're yeah. Absolutely appalling. I mean, even without down. without the centre forward, with Roden being suspended and Calvert Lewin being injured again, permanently injured. I mean, that was there. He's gonna. They're gonna be relegated if they don't get their fingers out. I mean, that was just awful, awful. The fact that they they rely so much on Gordon is like kind of a sort of Gordon a, a, is a he, moron. He, he reminds me of um of Nichols. Remember, he used to yeah. play for us in the uh, yeah. um Dandy. <laughs> you read my mind. That is one for the kids. That was his nickname. Well, that was with with myself and my mates. Yeah. We used to call him Dandy. But it, it was um, it was a very poor performance from Everton, and I think a, a better side would have would have 
yeah. put us to the sword, actually, because we were we were very, very uh, subdued. I just got the impression that after the one goal, they just tried to take it as easy as possible. Well, I, this, I, uh, I, you know, yeah. you know, I write my funny notes when I'm not at the match, and I, I include yeah. them for your entertainment. Uh, well, I don't know why I include them really. I, I, I include them in the hope that you're entertained. But uh, I said, hanging on for a one nil from the start of the second half against Everton yeah. is not the one. <laughs> but I've thought about you. I, I was convinced they would score. Yeah, just, so was just I. From one, even in the last minute when there was when there was about fifteen well, seconds to go, I thought it'll fly off somebody's shoulder or something, or there'll be some unlucky penalty that will go against us because they they don't appear to be applying VAR at all. Yeah. As far as I well, I mean, if you read my read a few lines down, ten minutes added time for fuck's sake. Yes, where, yes. Did, where did that come from? That, that um, guy. It was the, Mina. The person who had the medical emergency. And Mina. And Mina. Mina. Mina's, Mina's calf as well. That was about three minutes. Yeah, but he was straight off. Medical emergency. straight off. I don't it understand. Ten minutes. It was, no, it was I agree. I, totally well, I think agree. he also added on whatever he felt like. I think they're under under um, uh, edict to be uh, um, to add more time on this year, the things they're doing there, and allowing those kind of dubious challenges that they would normally give. And uh, which I always find you then see a replay of them, and they're not dubious at all. They're having his foot stepped on. But, Very um, like McTominay yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that with what? And what? VAR looked at it as uh, well. Ah, uh, I didn't. Oh. I didn't see it. But I, I, what about the penalty? Great leg breaker. Well, McTominay's a complete thug, isn't he? You know, he's oh, terrible. But but what was going on with all the six refs in 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 Stockley Park? What are they doing? Well, fuck what all. on earth are they doing? I know it's well, Dino's in charge now. They're, they're <laughs> awful. They're awful. Listen, um, Mina he wasn't what, bad though, Paulson. He wasn't bad. Well, you say you said I I thought he was even-handed in his incompetence. Let's leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair enough. What I mean is, we're not seeing any glaring idiocy. In well, the we got way away with a few yesterday. I thought so. He was even-handed in his incompetence, but I mean, how how they could let that ball go out? Uh, well, you know, Pickford let it was out. Pickford kicks it back in. That's why Godfrey got injured. If that indeed, had been indeed, if that had been called indeed, by the linesman, indeed. like it well, should the, have been. If you looked at the linesman from the other angle, he wasn't up with play. No, that was why he didn't. Apparently, give it. he said he couldn't see it because he was on the wrong side of the goal. No, mate, you weren't even any. You weren't even no, the right. He, parish, yeah, when the ball mate. went out, he was at a, he, he was about halfway down, halfway up. But the, it's not good half. enough. Well, they, or they should be using fucking VAR for line of decisions. Course, of course. It's but there just... are so many things they should be doing. And apparently, I didn't realise this, they're, they're employing sin bins in amateur leagues at the moment and as a possibility. But I don't think FIFA are going to implement them. But I was intrigued that that is actually beginning to happen. I think it's because of the abuse that is taking place at the lower level. And it's easier for somebody yeah. if they're sworn at or they're abused rather than sending them off and with the possibility of being they, hit. They, they should make the sin bin an ice, sin bin. an ice bath. They should. Well, and, and also have, have somebody lopping a limb off or something. No, no, they should they should put you in like a, a wheelie bin type thing, but yeah, an ice yeah, bath. Yeah. And then yeah. they should rivet down the ends of it, so you're completely sub. Well, you'd obviously you wouldn't would have a little bit at the top, otherwise. So it's you'd not just drown. the ten minutes then. It's not a ten minute. No, no, no. Bin. But it's a bit like putting you in the cooler, literally. Oh, be, yeah, it's clever. clever yeah. Um, listen, yeah. Uh, Mina is a complete bastard. On that, oh. I think we're all agreed, right? Oh God, he had a go at um, attempted to in doing the penalty. Jorginho attempted to get in Jorginho's ear, and Dave once again did his his trick of. Uh, of going up and deflecting, which um, he's obviously, you know, good for him. He's, he's got that down to a T. But once again, I don't understand why. 
the referee is isn't aware of what is going on and gives a card. Mind you, he gave him a card, he did. didn't he? As he a consequence, of that. he did. He yeah. did give him. So that was good. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, but they need to be on top of that. It's just absolutely ridiculous. As a consequence of which, of course, it took about five minutes for the penalty to be taken, which is exactly what they want because it means that the pressure is then on the penalty taker. And you know, and good on Jorginho takes a penalty against the very player. Pickford, who saved it during the uh, the European Championship, so um, um, uh, to slot it into the corner so capably was really good. Without a skip, you notice he didn't bother oh, to skip. But good old Georgina, I thought you know that what? was. A, I, I didn't. I didn't notice that he missed the hop and the skip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, he just took a normal pen. Okay. Yeah, it's normal. and it was a he really, bizarrely, really good pen as well. He, he skipped in the very first stride he took when he ran up to the ball, so he couldn't get rid of it completely. Okay, but yeah, it was a proper pen. Yeah, he just took it. But good on him because that was really pressurised. Yeah, really yeah. I, I mean, I I watched match of the day uh, this morning, oddly, and, oh. and and the commentator said uh, he tried to make a thing out of it. Je, you know. Jorginho's missed four out of his last 20 penalties, making yeah, it yeah, sound yeah. like he'd missed like 18 out of his last 20. Yeah, that's exactly I what I was thinking. Four out, also, so that I means mean, he scored 16, you fucking yeah, muppet. But also they, they had, I think, five Everton chances and they had Sterling's offside goal and one, one other chance, his other chance in the second half yeah. and the penalty. And that's all we got know, from us. Like None of the 16 corners. No mention of the fact no, that it was There's no agendas corners. or anything. Listen, no. Clayton, uh, as we're doing a lot of one for the teenagers tonight... Um, I remembered when we did one of our 50 years shows recently, the absolute brainiac that is Mark Meehan reminded me that we did sing Gordon is a moron to a player. I don't know if it was Gordon Strachan or Gordon Davies. Gordon Cowens. Gordon McQueen. Gordon Jury. Gordon Jury. There we go. I knew I'd tease it out of you. Uh, we used to sing when the... he came back to play for Spurs yeah. again. And it was, yeah. uh, no, the... no, no, no. Because if you remember, he bottled out of every single game when we played Tottenham, I don't think he ever played against us. He was always, and I'm doing quotes for those watching in black and white, um, he was always injured. Yeah, his cervical joint was troubling him. Oh, don't. Unbelievable. Anyway, yeah, I mean, Gordon is a moron is what we used to chant. And I I, 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 I can't, I thought, I th- in my head, I WhatsApp JK, but I, I don't, actually, as it happens, I, don't, I think I forgot or it didn't go. But I wanted to say, if they're not singing Gordon is a moron up at Goodison Park, they're doing it all wrong. Because that was the perfect time to be doing Gordon is a moron. I mean, he's not a moron, but it would be funny to chant it to him. But there we go. Um, there are new chants, aren't there? Now, JK, I, I think you have your, your feeling, uh, your finger on the Chelsea supporters' pulse where it, where, where it should be when it comes to all song and dance routines. And uh, we well, do have I, new songs for Kilibali and uh, Cucurella. I feel that they chose them too quickly. You know, I just feel that they've I bet they sang them. them too quickly. Yeah, they... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yes, they've they've uh, they've added them to the the canon to the oeuvre, Ooh, and the oeuvre. Actual, yeah, they're just other other songs. I mean, for goodness' sake! Do you know sake, them? Right. Do you know what the lyrics are? And uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The um, uh, cook, cook, uh, oh, um, Ooh, uh, I want to know. Uh, you're from Senegal. Well, he is from Senegal, obviously. What are you from Senegal? Sorry, are you from Senegal? I mean. Meaningless, meaningless. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, I was right. I was right. I, thought, I mean, you know, I did name about six Gordons, it has to be said. Mark Meehan, who is listening, has just WhatsApped me and said, Gordon McQueen, 1978. Thank you, Mark. See, you can't, you cannot argue with Mark around. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the Cooley Bally one. Well, that would make sense because that was when the Jilted John song yeah, was Well, that, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Because it, was, it yeah. came out in 78, didn't it? Yeah, right. What yeah. about the Cucurella one? You're a bit more enamoured of that, aren't you? No, not, no. I'm not. I'm not I, I just mentioned them. I mentioned the uh, 
the wit and the speed, but the um, a cucarella is the Frank song, you know, uh, um, uh, cucarella, cucarella, um, eats paella, uh, uh, drinks Estrella, drinks Estrella um, uh, and, and he's uh, got fucking massive hair. Yeah, and he's got fucking massive hair. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm, 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 I'm going. Clayton, what do you, you like a song? <laughs> do you like the cucarella song? <laughs> Bollocks. <laughs> Absolute bollocks. Well, they could have waited, waited to get something else for him, you know, something. something maybe, maybe that's what Brighton sang to. Well, uh, perhaps it was, yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, was, I thought, I mean, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't there sadly on Saturday, but I thought that this was the time for a, a reprise of the Raul Morales uh, song. Oh, Cucurella, oh, Cucurella. He's got massive hair, but we don't care, Cucurella. But uh, no, they thought of a much better one that says, uh, he, he eats paella, drinks Estrella, and his hair's fucking massive. There you go. Who needs a scan when you can get a swear word on a Chelsea song? Love it. I, I'm I'm enamoured of that one. The Koulibaly one, not so much. That doesn't make sense to me, but there you go. Clayton, what we should really talk about, rather than me waffling on about stupid songs, is the new recruits. Because I think of all the things... I mean, I think JK, or maybe you mentioned it, about they were the only ones that didn't look tired. But um, I thought they all looked really good. I mean, I thought Sterling was buzzing around all over the place. He's got to learn, though, to not fall over the minute he gets touched. Because he's now wearing a Chelsea shirt, and he won't get a free kick. But other than that, I thought he was whizzing around looking good. Uh, Bally is going to be brilliant for us. He's a monster. I thought he adapted very quickly and was quite a leader. But I tell you who I was most impressed with is Cucurella. When he came on, he was pinging the ball around like he was, I don't know, somebody who can pass the ball, basically. He looked very accomplished on the ball, I thought. Okay, so I actually thought that he probably was the reason why we didn't draw that game. Because I thought when he came on, he lifted the whole team. That whole sort of the left side started to start working. And and this is not having a dig at Chili B, uh, who obviously wasn't 100% match fit. But when he came on, we got more control. We gave up possession less. And I think he's he linked with both Pulisic and Broya. And I thought we just looked a better side. I just thought we looked more energised. I think, you know, if, if you're going to sort of make any comment about Saturday's performance was how sluggish it was and when he came on I just basically thought that we picked it up a pace which was a good good thing to do at that time um I think they were obviously tiring because they sort of spent sort of 70 minutes just defending so inevitably they were going to get tired um I thought Koulibaly looked like what I thought he would I, I I sort of you know despite Jamie Redknapp's pathetic attempts to say you've got to play around them you've got to do this that and the other the guy's a monster he's huge um obviously cramped up but he looked fantastic um and I thought Sterling I I sort of have been it's quite funny I've, I feel like a bit a bit of an outsider I, because everybody's just saying that we've got a bargain and we've got a fantastic player and this that and the other and I'm just sitting there thinking eh, Maybe, maybe I don't know. It's perhaps it's just a sort of years of screaming at him to stop diving and stop, you know, missing sitters and all the rest of it. But I thought he looked really, really good. I thought he he was sort of, and I, I disagree 
about um, he's not going to get those free kicks because I think he did get free kicks. And there, there was one where Tarkovsky went, went to tackle him and Sterling was almost on the floor by the time Tarkovsky got to him and he got the free kick. I think he's very clever at what he does. I was, I was watching on Saturday thinking, I hated you when you did that against us, but now you're here, it's okay. I think he looked good. I think I'm, you know, football fans are as fickle as as they come, and I, I'm happy to hold my hand up and say I'm incredibly fickle. You know, he he looked he looked good. We just now need to work out who's the best player for him to play with to to sort of get the best out of him. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, to me, he's part of the plan, Sterling. He's part. Of, he needs to get somebody to play he, with. I think him he exactly. is the plan. I agree. He is the plan. No, no. I, I know. I, I think he's part of it. I no, don't no, think no. I, I mean, I, I, we're agreeing. You know? Honestly, I know it doesn't oh, sound right, like right, it, right. but we are agreeing. But I think, I think yeah. he, he, I think, I think Tuchel really wanted him, because I think you and I have been saying this for the whole of last year. He doesn't want to play with a big fuck off number nine. It's just not the way he wants. He wants to no, be that's Liverpool. What I was alluding to early yeah. on. It, it, it's, it's, it's looking at the way we won the Champions League with the amount of energy expelled and all the constant pressing and pushing players, pushing the opposition out, which we rarely do because it is so sapping. We seem to do that in certain games where Sterling it's almost does required that. of it. Sterling to, does sorry, that. Sorry, Sterling Ster, does that. Yeah, where did he yeah. learn how to do that? Indeed, at City. And the same, as I honestly think, with Cucurello, who I think is an absolute class act. Well, City wanted, wanted him, though. City wanted him. City yeah. wanted him. Yeah. We got really, him. really. He's a top player, and I, I actually not convinced that um, Chile will play at the weekend. I think he'll play Cucurella instead. I think the only reason that Chile played was because he's been playing with him um, and, and training with him, and I think he isn't he isn't fit enough yet. And I think that Cucurella will play in his place from the beginning because he's fitter and uh, and are much more um, on the pace of the game. I'm not suggesting that that means that's goodbye to uh, to Chile. I just think Chile is, unfor- as he's been stating, he'd be coming back from a really difficult injury, a very similar injury to the one that that um, uh, Adoy and, and Cheek had. Um, uh, but uh, no, I, I, I was impressed, as you say, um, uh, the, the energy that he, he, he gave and the, the ability he gave when we came on was fabulous. I, I mean, that, that first time ball that he put in for Sterling, who was really unlucky not to score. Yeah, absolutely superb. brilliant. But he used and, to do that, a lot that, of that. Sorry to interrupt, Jonathan, yeah, yeah. but that is a throwback to where we were, at the, like, during, you know, that was the Juve, wasn't it? When you had James and Chilwell yeah. bombing down, yeah, putting those down. crosses in. That's what we were destroying. He, he's, he's very, very fit and very speedy indeed. And for Brighton, he got into that position a lot, giving the ball to, what's his name, Trossard, who made those runs into the middle exactly the same way that Sterling did. And I and I, it, it's something that we haven't had with Alonso. Uh, mind you, you did to an extent because Alonso, that's all Alonso tended to inhabit that area, uh, but then had difficulty running back. He, he would be the free man in the penalty area because he was too couldn't be asked to go back, mate. Yes, exactly. Always was. Whereas, <laughs> but um, he had a great, he had a sweet, oh, he had a wonderful shot. I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry. We, we love we love Alonso. We love mate. it. We Absolutely. do love Alonso. One of my favourite players of the last yeah, few years, yeah, uh, yeah. other than his abilities to defend, but uh, so many. Uh, overlapping fullbacks ultimately are terrific going forwards and uh, and devious in defence. But I think Cucurella is is actually very capable at both. Indeed, I think we've got um, we've a good and- got a very top player there. Indeed, and as you said, Koulibaly with absolute oozing class from the very beginning. Yeah. And I, I, I mentioned in the fan, but I'm not missing. You know, the, he hasn't got Rudiger's madness, but he's... he's well, he's, he's got better feet, than, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's Rudiger yeah. with better better technique because Rudiger. 
you know, he would he would get himself out of trouble through sheer brute force quite a lot. And also, of the time. very speed, very speedy. Rudiger. Yeah. I'm not convinced he's quite as quick, yeah. but you've certainly got two mo- of the most experienced. But I mean, Silver played out of his skin. Yeah, again. didn't he just? Silver, oh yeah. my goodness, wonderful, yeah. quite wonderful. But you can't be relying on him all the time. I just I'm just trying to work out who would be the the third player um, if we consistently play. Um, the three because it's not going to be Dave, is it? If it's going well, to be, it's going to be Ch- at the moment. It's Chalabar. I mean, it's it Chalabar. should. Will it, be. Should will it be, be Fofana if they get Fofana? If the rumours are right, will he play in that position on the right? Yeah, position? he 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 will. But I'm I'm sort of I know it's not my money, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, but the money that's being quoted for him is insane. I know it's absurd, absurd. But I, I reckon that he's going, they're just going to have to bite the bullet and get the players they want and try. Think, you know, perhaps the equation is they'll. The, the better they do this season, the uh, the more they make up for the for the um, the purchases well, because um, you know they know that we're we're after buying players and it's it's that thing of yeah. it, it it's we have to buy the players so they're going to dangle them at us. I mean, I'm intrigued to see what's happening. What's what in earth is going to happen with Barcelona anyway? Now that they're they're suing De Jong, aren't they for a for the contract being? Um, well, it. I don't think they're suing him. I think what they're doing is they're threatening him with criminal proceedings or alongside oh, violence. Right. Oh, right. You know, but 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 I, you know, this is this is going slightly off topic, and you can stop me if you want, Chidge. But you have to think, okay, there's two English centre halves that we could basically have picked up for nothing, and I'm yes. basically, you know, I'm looking at what we did with Gary Cahill. Tarkovsky. Yeah. Tarkovsky is a really top class, decent yeah. centre half. And now Connor Cody is going to Everton on loan from Wolves. Plays now, in a three. Um, that's why know, that's why he's going, because he plays in a three. And yeah. Bruno Lager doesn't play in a three. That's why yeah. he's not playing for Wolves. So I just don't understand where we are and whether it's the whole sort of I, I it's it's the thing that we used to do, not a lot. Because if there wasn't an I at the end of the name or a ski at the end of the name, we weren't really interested. But, you know, we picked up Gary Cahill. I know Anelka's not English, but we picked up Anelka quite cheaply from Bolton. And those sort of little things there would have saved us a bloody fortune. I I mean, if you get Tarkovsky in, okay, he's not top quality, but he's bloody good enough. He's got Premier League experience. Um, Connor Cody's playing for England now. Now he might not have been on the radar when when we were sort of hunting around, but I just don't understand it. I mean, there 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 are people there, and we're, and we're basically just spunking huge amounts of money. And now the Cucurello, we paid over the odds for him. He looks great. I mean, if, as I, I sort of tweeted, you only know where they're worth the money when they leave. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's so it's so difficult, isn't it? Because clearly they're not worth what we're paying, but. Then how do we how do we quantify that at the end of the day? I tell you what, I tell you what. Talking about value for money, Clayton, there is probably nothing in the Chelsea universe that is better value for money and is not something that you would overpay for than the CFC UK fanzine. What a segue! Oh yes, oh yes, brilliant. Which of course uh, includes. <laughs> there we go. I've made Clayton Zuni's loving that one. Uh, almost as much as I loved his article, actually, which is deriding the nonsense about the transfer window, and I completely agreed. 
Um, but yeah, Clayton's in there. I'm in there. Tim Rolls is in there. Uh, Dino's in there. I mean, we've got half the bloody fan cast write for the fans in, and and, and and people unlike me who can write as well. It's fantastic. You might if you're if you're a Chelsea supporter and you don't get CFC UK, you need to give your head a massive, massive, massive cucarella-sized wobble. You really, really do. Um, and actually, it's easy. All you have to do is if you go to the matches, you go to the CFC UK store, which is opposite. Uh, the Fulham Broadway exit on Fulham Road. Uh, you wander over and you can say hello to Marco or DJ. Loads of us are usually there saying, you know, having a chat with everybody. Uh, and you pass over one one pound coin and uh, you get a fantastic read uh, on the back of that. Now, if you're not able to go to the matches, not everybody can. Uh, don't worry, you can get it sent to you by post. If you're in the UK, it's 18 quid for a subscription for a whole year. Europe, 40 quid. Rest of the world, 56 quid. Um, if you don't want it by post, you can get it as a PDF emailed to you, and that will cost you six quid for a year's subscription, about 10, 11 copies, depending on how many DJ puts out. Uh, you can pay for all of that via PayPal, very easy. So if you want to do that, want to get involved with that, uh, email fanzine at cfcuk.net. I commend it to you. And I also commend to you part two of the Chelsea Fancast, which will be coming up very shortly after this break. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's match day problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, uh, as was established at the end in part one, that I am, in fact, Stamford Chidge, not Stamford Bridge. I'm big, but I'm not that big. Uh, somebody who is bigger in statue, stature, even, than Stamford Bridge, not quite as big as Chelsea, but Stamford, is Jonathan Kidd, because he's a what? legend. He's a what? legend. What was that? Yeah. Bigger statue, where? I don't know about statue. No, 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 no. Stature. 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 Stature, 
Thatcher. Stat- not what? Thatcher, Stature. Oh, okay. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, love to be, love to be back. Thank you. Really good fun. Thank you very much. Your fan bite, fan bite went. I'm not. I'm, I'm struggling to speak English tonight. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Anyway, your fan bite went down very well, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than I got, I got taken to task over the uh, the outfit, over the kit. Oh not man, the- alive, mate! That's fucking horrible. I know. It's I know. an absolute abomination of a kit. Nike need to, to be have- shot. Why do they have to have light blue in it? Why is it light blue? It's Why horrible. Not have blue? Why not have little blue stripes hoops? What I don't get it. Why do you have to have this what, this light it looks blue? Looks like with, kitchen with, roll with with, with with strange writing on it with 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 bits of the badge on it or something. I don't know. It just looks crap. Which it? is not I mean. even the right colour. No. 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 I just hate it. I no. Mean, some people said said I like it very much. Well, some good for you. I mean, it's look. I get look, I get it. You know. Can I, can I just interject and basically say it's not for us? I you know it's for it's for kids. It's for, and, for blind people clearly. Well, it's. I, this is one of my pet hates, and I just I spend my life moaning about it, and I just just. Manchester City's home kit this season is beautiful. It's a throwback to their 1970s kit. Why couldn't we do something? We get some bollocks about the the collar is something to do with Ted Drake. It's more like fucking Charlie Drake. And basically, you know, they're talking about we've got this we've got this collar because of the history and blah blah blah. And lo and behold, some somebody. I saw a photo, I think it was, I can't remember whether it was a night, I think it was a Nigerian women's football team who got the same collar, who obviously have a massive tie to Ted Drake. Yes, <laughs> utter, utter bollocks. The yeah. kits are awful. Yeah, I tell you what, mate, the sooner, I hope you're listening to this, anybody from Nike who listens to this show, who who works for Chelsea, the sooner you lot fuck the fuck off back to wherever, whatever rock you crawled out from under, the better, in my humble, earnest opinion. Because your kits have been nothing short of shameful, whether they're for me or not. Anyway, rant over. Um, happier things to talk about, I'm delighted to say, because <laughs> we got so sidetracked by ranting about the away kit. Forgot to say, yeah, we've also got Clayton Beerman with us. <laughs> but he's kind of done yes. that. Hello. Hello. Uh, great. It's, it's really lovely. Uh, oh, by the Thank way, you very... for letting me vent my no, spleen, as they say. You beat me to it. It was on my list to talk about, and I kind of forgot about it in part one. So I'm really glad you reminded me about how angry I am about it. Um, are you going to be in the pub next Sunday? Not sure. Not sure. Possibly, if I'm going to be there, it'll be afterwards rather than before. Yeah, I've, I've got a drive, so I'm doubtful that I'll be drinking, but it'd be nice to see you. Anyway, um, Indeed. that aside, uh, happier things to talk about. I mean, I did a bit of a scout on the uh, Discord group. Uh, there weren't many to choose from for Guinness and uh, um, what are the other ones? Salary moments. But they're, they're, they did have a little chat about Man of the Match and... Uh, they they selected, or I've kind of selected from the, the, what they were talking about, which was interestingly, uh, Koulibaly, Sterling, and Silver. So, Jonathan, of those nominations, what would you choose? Silver all day. Silver all day long. I got to agree with you, Matt. I thought he was utterly the only one who who seemed to be folk concentrating half the time. I mean, he was just he got us out of the shit. I mean, actually, we should say this this should have made the celery moment, but um, when, funnily enough. Koulibaly went herring up doing a Rudiger and lost the ball and it just came straight back 
And uh, the only person at the back was Silver, who realised immediately that he was probably going to get skinned or was exhausted <laughs> already, or was both his ham. He'd do a Jonathan Kidd and both his hamstrings might snap <laughs> at the same time. And he's like pointing madly at Mendy, come out, come out, come out. And Mendy thought, no, fuck that, I'm not doing that. And Silver's like, just like, oh no, I'm going to get skinned. And, he, and how he got back and then managed to stop. I mean, he, the ball deflected off his ankle uh, well away from the goal. Um, I mean, I just, and then he was absolutely apoplectic with rage. And then he just had that look on that face is like, why am I playing with such a bunch of fucking idiots? It was brilliant. I, I love him. Anyway, silver for me all day too, JK. Uh, Clayton, what say you? You've got different, a different uh, view? The only, the only thing I would basically say, I mean, I, I don't think you can disagree. And I thought that moment was very telling. Um, I don't think that that was for the goalkeeper. I really don't. I, I understand. Well, actually, that's good to hear from you because you would know. I, I understand why he was doing it because he knew he was going to be skinned. But I don't actually think that was. I mean, I, I need to see it again. But but I think that Mendy would have had to have been at least on the edge of his area, which he wasn't when he called him. And maybe he should have been. But I don't think that was. Uh, but but what I loved about that moment was the way that Silver managed it, that he pushed the guy out wide because he knew he knew he was going to get done for pace. But the way he he ran towards him was was making him go out so that he would at least have the opportunity to block it rather than him cut in front of him and cut. It was very clever, him. wasn't it? Actually, he Clayton, was absolute, because, yeah, it's genius. The he guy was, he is was... Brilliant. The he only other so much quicker. I actually thought was close to um, was close to man of the match for Sterling because I think he was. I thought he was excellent, and I thought he was sort of a real bright spark. He had a very good first half. It wasn't quite as good in the second, but I no, he, I, I, he, I think he yeah, I think he tired, and I think he realised that he was actually playing with nobody else up front, so yes, he got up. Yes, the. Havertz being the invisible man for the day, which was absolutely well, that bizarre. was really disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Dave, we've already kind of we know about, but I have to be really honest, I thought Kante, Jorginho, Mount, and Havertz were all very disappointing on Saturday. Um, talking of telling moments, there was a moment, I think, in the second half when. Actually, do you know what? I don't know. It was the Gladys Street end. Were we kicking towards the Gladys Street end in the first half? We were, yes. weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, it was first half then. But guess what? Jorginho got into the, uh, their half in space with all the play in front of him. Sterling was outside the penalty area, made a brilliant run into the penalty area. Jorginho looked up and then passed it sideways. And Sterling went nuts. His, like, his hands went up. He's like, what? You know... And I, in that moment, I just thought, there you go. It's fucking deja vu. This is our problem at Chelsea. You know. Can, we, I, can I now tell you about my theory? You can, but this is our problem at Chelsea. It's the midfield, mate. My theory about Saturday was that there is a real sort of perceived or otherwise, and I sort of get this from Tuchel's two, two just general demeanour, that there's a cloud. And he was absolutely desperate not to lose that game on Saturday. And he picked a team not to lose. And I think that's why it was so stale. That's why I think it was as it was. And uh, you're, you're 100% correct. 
it's a midfield. I've been banging on about this for absolutely effing ages, three, four seasons. You are never, ever winning the league with Jorginho in your team. And I don't mean that to disrespect him because I think he's a really good player. I think he does what he does, but he slows us down. I know exactly the, 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 the move that you were talking about. There was real momentum. We were pushing forward and he was so slow in getting the ball. The transition is just, it, it's not there. It doesn't exist. And I, I just hope and pray that on Sunday that J5 is nowhere near that team. I really can't, you know, it. he can't be in that team. We will get swamped on Sunday. They are fit. They are fast. They are this, that and the other. And they'll sit on him. You know, I don't know why Cover wasn't playing if he wasn't fit on Saturday. Um, Gallagher has obviously proven himself in the Premier League to be a really decent player. And I hope that those two are in some way, shape or form around on, on Sunday because J5 can't be anywhere near that team. And I, I just, I hope he's going to be phased out. I really do. Because if you want to do anything, you know, it's just not going to happen. It, it really isn't. And I, I, I feel bad saying it because he's done such a lot. And I think he's a really good player, but he's a good player up to a point. I think, you know, if you had two world-class midfield players with him, then yes, but we haven't got a world-class. I mean, Kante looked okay on Saturday. Kante is still the same as he was at the end of the season, I yeah, felt. Yeah, I think he was, I think he not was the player okay. he was. Not the player he was. That's the reality, isn't it? Well, it is, but you just actually have to cast your mind back to Real Madrid away, where the whole team were absolutely fantastic, and Kanto was part of that. So he's still got it in his locker. Um, it's just a question of do we have to save him for? Yeah, but I don't think the reality. I mean, I, I know, I know. It's, sorry, hang on a minute. I know it sounds very churlish, and your point about Real Madrid away, and of course, in fact, actually, that entire European Cup campaign is absolutely spot on, Clayton. So it does seem very churlish to say this, but I'm not sure. See, this is the thing. We don't really, st- I still don't know, really, honestly, how Tuchel wants to play. And I think really, this is a good point for me to bring in what, what he said, uh, JK, after the match. Yeah. It still seems to me that he's making do and mend, that we still don't have a Tuchel team to play the way that Tuchel wants. Like you've got a Klopp team with Klopp players playing the way that Klopp wants. Like you've got a Guardiola uh, team with Guardiola players playing the way he wants. I still don't think we have that yet. And when he says this, he says our formation is a deep formation because the centre of the formation is in the three centre backs and the two number sixes. So it's a deep formation in which you rely heavily on the two wing backs, which is basically saying um, our two number sixes are too slow. I mean, I can't count Kante out of this, I suspect, but. You know, you've got in the back three, you've got Aspie and Silva, who, I mean, Koulibaly's got pace, I think, but not Aspie and not Silva, and certainly not Jorginho. So you've got flaws in the team. And I've I've been saying this, as you have, Clayton, for ages. You know, he plays three at the back to cover 
for Jorginho, but he has to play the wing backs to cover for Jorginho and also the lack of pace in defence because these guys are the guys supposed to get back quickly if we get hit on the counter. So I understand why he's doing it, but there is another way, surely. I mean, you know, we've all been talking about playing four at the back, playing Chile and James as right and left backs and playing two centre backs um, and play three in the midfield because... You know, I'm fucking fed up of saying it. There is no creativity in this midfield. There's nobody who can pick up the ball and go at them. And I think that Mount, I'm not convinced by Mount playing up front, you know, but Mount and Gallagher, um, you know, with one decent defensive midfielder would do it. But the trouble is we don't have any, I don't think, decent defensive midfielders in this club. That's the problem. If there's one player we need, and I know everybody goes on about Rice, I don't care who it is, if they can do a proper defensive midfielder's role and you've got two more attack-minded midfielders, that's the solution for me. But anyway, maybe I just see the game too simply or I'm just an idiot. I don't know. I don't play enough FIFA, JK. There are now people saying, of course, that um, uh, until the midfield becomes more creative, that, that it doesn't really matter who you have up front. Even they were saying that even Haaland playing up front for us would uh, would fail to score because nobody would would pass the ball to him. But I I attempted to uh, pour cold water on that by saying I think the, the the problem with Lukaku was that he didn't do any movement up front at all, so it was very difficult to uh, to to allow for that deduction. But um, um, I think it does it does uh, point to um Jorginho not being the solution so w- what does that mean we look forward to at the weekend is the possibility that he could play um Kovacic with um with um uh what's his face uh Palace ex Palace um Gallica um does that seem a, a feasible duo I'm not convinced that that to, uh, does that work does think, he have I does he have that, to change the pattern if he does that if yeah. they work together i think that the, the major problem on saturday apart from all the problems is is the fact that the system that he plays depends on wingbacks working and chili b wasn't fit and reese james either wasn't fit or had an absolute stinker he he was very laconic, wasn't he? Yeah. James. He was so very. Might, might I felt there was something bit. wrong with him. He really yeah. wasn't uh, at the races. He well, was there, just. Well, there, was, there was. Sorry to butt in, Clayton. There was something wrong with him. I've just moved uh, right. Uh, Tuchel said this after the match. Uh, we played with Ben Chilwell, who was not for me 100 percent ready to start. But the solution with Marcus Alonso and the late signing of Cucurella made it necessary that we took the risk. Reese James struggles also at the moment to have full full fitness. So on the on the right, we didn't have enough from the wing backs to create a bit more freedom for the inner players. Fine, no. Thomas, I agree with that. But you can have the fucking freedom of the bloody universe for the inner players, and they're still not going to create you another bloody a decent chance or get you a goal. There are no goals in that midfield or that midfield too. They're neither good enough as defensive no. midfielders, and they're not good enough as creative midfielders. But, but is it when it, when the the team works, as in you know the the side that won the Champions League, is it necessary for those two to be creative? Is it necessary? Is not the onus then on the wing backs to feed the forwards through, and then you've got the swift running? I mean, that's that's always what I I keep thinking about. I keep thinking there must be method to this. Well, the, to I the think madness. Uh, well, we've seen it, and the plan worked brilliantly. And we've heard them talk about this. Chilwell talked about it last season before he got injured. Yeah. We all yeah. saw it too. 
because what against you have, Juventus. Yeah, what yeah. you have. Well, actually, in other teams too. But we, what the wing backs were doing is that they weren't hugging the touchline. They were coming inside a lot, swapping yeah. with with the yeah. likes of whoever was on the left or the right. So Werner, Mount, Havertz doesn't matter who it was. But you know, the if you've got your three up front, you've got a left and a right and one in the middle, basically in your three. So the whoever's on the left would would swap with Chilwell. Whoever's on the right would swap with James. So they would come inside, and that meant that it was much harder to mark, and they created space for both themselves and others. And I think that's when it worked well. That's what happened. But you know, things change. People wise up to that and. I, I, I just find, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm an old git, I, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I just find it really good. Maybe it's because of Frank Lampard. Maybe it's all his fault. You know, when you've grown up seeing a guy in midfield scoring the number of goals he did and create the number of assists he did, to have two midfielders who just can't do either just really frustrates me. If well, they were just the direct, think- if they were just defensive midfielders, fine. But they're not. That's not, he, he, he wouldn't say they were. He would not say they were defensive They don't get into the penalty area, do they? They hover. There's a great deal of hovering at the edge of the area, and consequently, everything's passed in triangles down towards the 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 winger, the the fullback, the the overlapping fullback. So that appears to be the theory. That appears to be what they're attempting to to create. It doesn't it doesn't matter that he, do, he doesn't necessarily want long shots from outside the penalty area that Frank used to do because it means you're giving the ball away or the ball rebounds and they then set up an attack. It's like them almost and they scoring. They don't have the pace to get back from the court. Yeah, well, you, it. it uh, um, or luckily, we had silver in the Everton game when exactly that happened. But um, um, uh, this is why I keep thinking if they have a it, 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 what he relies on so immensely is pace. And if you've got Havertz not being particularly pacey and Mace just buzzing around to no avail um, uh, and Sterling doing all the work for you, then perhaps Havertz and Mace aren't the two players to be in that position. Perhaps you want the the kind of hybrid goal scorer who is very, very swift. It's like a fake nine who is actually also, who is a nine, you know, it's, it's, or somebody as swift as, as Haaland is because Haaland was terrific for City. And somebody actually said, the thing is that, uh, uh, that City are so much more creative than us. Well, no, I, 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 I put it down to the fact that also that Haaland is a, is a unique animal, just unbelievably unbelievably predatory and knows what it's like to play centre forward and there are very few of those about and, and it's certainly not Havertz Havertz is not that kind of I'm, player I'm, I'm worried about Havertz but not least because I predicted it'd be our, our, our uh, top goal scorer this season in our predictions so I'm already looking rather bleak at most of my predictions Clayton last last word on this for you you know talking about the midfield and of course scoring goals uh, Brozier came on with 75 minutes gone so he had 15 minutes which I thought was okay Gallagher got what I would call a derisory two minutes coming on on the 98th minute. I mean, first of all, do you think we'll see more of them? And do you think that they can be a solution to some of the issues that we're seeing? I mean, Gallagher's box to box. I mean, I think he's very much in the Frank Lampard type mould. And I I don't know why I I like the look of Brozier. He is a striker. I'm not sure Havertz is. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more with you. I, I think the Gallagher thing, I... He's exactly what we're missing. We're missing a midfielder who basically breaks into the box and scores. Um, okay, he he had a great start to last season. I think he tailed off a little bit. He got injured, didn't he? He got COVID and he tailed off a bit. But he was he was box to box, as you say, and 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 he's got that energy. Cover's got that energy. You know, these are players who can transition the ball quickly. Um, 
I don't know if you saw him one of the pre-season friendlies, the goal, I think, in the Udinese game where Kovacic played the ball to Loftus-Cheek. It's a lovely little chip into the area. You know, there is a myth that we don't create chances, and you are right. I mean, on Saturday, we didn't. But you think about how many chances Havertz and Mount and Werner missed last season. Loads of them. Even if 50% of them would have been scored. You know, so somebody's creating those chances. The ball's going into the box. I think Brozier looks great. I mean, uh, you know, I, I just saw highlights of him last season. Um, I thought he looked good coming on. But I just, I don't know whether Tommy T is just concerned for his job, but he seems to be, I think, as I say, Saturday was all about not losing. But I, I just hope that some caution is thrown to the wind. I was actually really pleasantly surprised that he came on and when he came on. I thought he got at least 20, 25 minutes, which was great. The Gallagher thing was just a time-wasting exercise, which is pretty insulting uh, to him. But if it, if that's what he was meant to do, then he got it done. But yeah, no, I do think, I think we, we have to be more dynamic. That, that was what I thought on Saturday. Um, and so it's a combination, isn't it? It's a combination of things. It's a combination of we're two weeks away from fitness, we are basically certainly on Saturday, and this won't be the case so much with Spurs, is it's a low block. And, you know, for, for all of our faults, if a team is playing with eight to nine players behind the ball the whole game with no intention of doing anything apart from perhaps breaking every now and again, most teams find that difficult. You know, I mean, it, it's just you're playing against teams with no ambition whatsoever. And this is a team that's playing at home. And you can't blame them because they were they were dire. They had nobody up front and they were absolutely dire. And that, that is the only way that Frank thought that he could get the points. Because it worked for him the, the last season. They got one freaky goal and then they defended that whole game that we lost up there. So... I think it, it, it is a combination of points. And I think that I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about Frankie de Jong. I really don't. But all I know is that people that know more about him than I do say he's like Kovacic, but he's got a better passing range. So why do we need another Kovacic? Kovacic is really, really underrated. Um, so... Well, I think, I think the reality is, is that the jury... You know, I mean, I, I I think it's very complicated about Jorginho because of all the you know all the noise that goes on around him, particularly on social media. It's it's very easy to get very black and white about him, but it ain't that simple because he does bring some really important things to the side. And like you, I, I like him, but I just don't think it works with him. And I'm I I totally agree with you. It's no coincidence we haven't won the or even as, I mean I know you can't just put it down to him, but. We've not looked close to getting anywhere near the Premier League title since we've had him. And it's to do with the way that we play, I think. You know, if you can't break these teams down that are going to play against you with a low block, you're not going to get enough points to win the league. You know, you've got to take these teams apart. And City do and Liverpool do and we can't. So I wonder if, you know, there may be... I mean, I'd love to know inside what what is going on inside Tuchel's head. What is his plan? You know, what is the team that he's trying to construct here? And is he ultimately going to look at a team 
that can have a formation that isn't more worried about the lack of pace and the lack of physicality in midfield and giving the ball away and actually looking to create, get forward quickly and take teams apart. Because, you know, we ain't going to win the important shit, as in the league, until we do, I don't think. But there you go. Having said all of that, I don't want us to sound negative because I don't think we necessarily are being. Because I, I, like you boys earlier on, I, I think it was really good to get a result at Goodison. It is not to be sniffed at. Those buggers have got the Indian sign on us, that's for sure. So to come away with three points was was actually very important. First game of the season, you never want to lose that. We said it on the show on Friday. We don't want to lose the first game. Um, Yeah, so they did what they had to do. And I'm intrigued by Clayton's point, JK, that he, he just didn't want to lose. And I think I think there's something in that. Um, yes, because we've established it was a very conservative selection. And yet at the same time, it was those that um, possibly who were the fittest or he felt would knew each other's game. Um, because there are lots of unknowns there because we don't know where Gallagher would fit into that. I don't, um, uh, he just wanted to play um Kante with Jorginho just wanted to play the two, didn't he? So uh, um, uh, it it seemed to me, uh, I think, well, the evidence is such that after we scored the goal, the very fact that we could say, all of us, that we thought that they just spent 45 minutes just basically pissing about a bit to get the 1-0, said it all for me, that he didn't think they were fit enough and he didn't think that they were... um, um, and, and he didn't really rate Everton's ability. So perhaps he achieved all that he set out to achieve with it, but it made for really, really dull watching, didn't it? It was really... Well, I'm sure it'll be intriguing to see how this pans out, particularly if we get, you know, a few more in. I mean, I but still... Yeah, but yeah, great. You know, once again, three points you know, at Everton yeah. where we never, never win. So, yeah, fantastic Well, we're, th- we're three points better off. Than we, than we have been in the last four seasons. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So you, we shouldn't forget that. Right. We're going to bring this part to a close. Uh, we're going to come back in a minute after a short break. And we're going to be, we've got some great emails to read out. And I'm going to gloat about the Prem Predictions League. Um, although I should caveat that with being almost top of the table after one game is not really much to shout about, is it? Uh, you have to wait till Saturday. Is it no, exactly that. I, I haven't quite made a DVD yet of my performance, but I was close to doing so. Anyway. Um, just a usual quick shout out for two wonderful organisations, which are the Chelsea Pitch Owners and the Chelsea Supporters Trust, of course. Now, the CPO is massively important um, because it means that you will have a share in the freehold of the stadium, which protects it from being sold to a property developer, in, property developer even in the future, making sure that football is always played at Stamford Bridge. Now, you may think with a new owner, we're safe as houses, but I would say that no matter what they say, we're at more risk than we probably have been for a long time. So it's a good time to go and buy one. Uh, you can pick one up for about 110 quid for an electric share, getting on for 200 quid for a framed one signed by a Chelsea player. So it's uh, it's they're lovely things to have, and they give you some real power over the club. So uh, I commend you to go and get one. Uh, go to the Chelsea website, search for Chelsea Pitch Owners, and it will be done. And on that note, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, who, of course, were very active, had a very, very, very busy time during all the negotiations for the new ownership. Um, And, uh, you know, the hope is that things will change with the new ownership and that the Supporters Trust will get more of a say on behalf of all of you who are a member and, of course, those of you who are not too. But we can't ever claim to represent anybody who is not a member. We we are a membership-driven organisation and it costs just five quid a year to be a member. And you'll get to have your say on all sorts of important issues that affect you, like ticket prices, kickoff times, 
other issues that are very important to the supporters and the uh, the ticket uh, in ticketing at the moment is appalling. Uh, the communication is appalling. There's lots of things going on which we are making a lot of noises about. There's a newsletter coming to you very soon if you're a member and also we're going to have our AGM. I think it's on September the 24th. That's the date I've been told uh, and that's when... Um, you can put forward motions to the AGM if you're a member and uh, if you get if they're voted on successfully they get enshrined into our motions for the year which is the policy that we use going forward uh, you can also stand for election because they'll be coming up at the same time as the AGM so if you want to have your say literally and and influence what's going on then you can uh, stand for election and be voted in by your peers and it's all lovely and democratic now uh, of course, you also get to attend meetings and uh, all of that kind of stuff. So there you go. Five quid. You get a really lovely badge. Visit ChelseaSupportersTrust.com and uh, sign up today. We will be back after this break. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy. And you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stamford Chidge. I'm very happy to be back talking about proper football. It's been a delight this evening. Uh, even more so by the company, uh, which has been sterling, no pun intended. Uh, Jonathan Kidd, as always. A legend. Lovely to be on the show with, with such excellent company. It's good to be back, isn't it, mate? Yes. Yeah. Very good fun. Thank I know. You. I miss it when it's not here. And uh, I'm always very delighted that it's back. And Clayton, I haven't seen you for ages, so it's lovely to see you. I hope to see you for a beer sometime soon. Oh, talk, yes. talking of beer, um, there's <laughs> I, I've discovered a brewery uh, like five minutes walk away from me called Red Tail or Red Cat Red Cat. Red Cat. It makes brilliant beer. And next time I see you, I'll bring you a bottle of this pale ale, American pale ale I do. It's bloody lovely. I've been drinking it a lot during the 50 years shows. People will probably have noticed this because it's quite strong. What's uh, it called? Uh, Red Cat. Um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't see it. It's in my fridge, but it's called Red Cat. cat as in pussy or cat uh, as, as in... in pussy. I'll send you a link. I'll send you a link to the brewery. Do uh, so. Thank you. Lovely to see you, obviously. Yes. And you. So there and you, you go. Um, right, this uh, part of the show is always uh, dedicated to your emails. And you would have thought we wouldn't have any because nothing's happened yet. But actually, no, not a word of it. We have got some brilliant emails, the first of which, JK, is from our great mate, Philip Kenley. Philip Kenley. Um, I would say, welcome back, team, if it weren't for the fact you've never really been away. <laughs> anyway, with the big kickoff nearly upon us, I feel the need to write in order to expend some of the nervous energy that has built up inside me. It's tough, though, as one has to write before the game versus Everton, knowing that everything could feel so different by the time of your show. Well, Philip, it isn't uh, different. It's, you know, it's good. First, though, thank you for the season reviews that dropped over the summer. These were great years for me as a Chelsea fan, the years where we were very much still travelling toward, forwards towards being a top club where we were bursting with hope and optimism and where, dare I say it, even the minor trophies and big games were approached with an excitement comparable to a toddler opening their presents at Christmas. I have no memory, so it was wonderful to be reacquainted with so much stuff I'd forgotten or maybe even had deluded myself into not believing at the time. 
some of my takeaways from your shows. Take always takeaways from your shows is written, but it should be takeaways. Number one, I really never had considered how bad Uncle Ken was at picking managers. I mean, choosing Viali to save some cash probably cost us a fortune, as well as one of our best numbers. Nines. Number two, nines in Viali himself, and we wouldn't have had to sign Chris Sutton. AVB, why? That one I did spot. I do remember him being interviewed after a disappointing preseason game, and he was already making shoddy excuses, which set alarm bells going straight away. Talk about being out of one's depth. And of course, dear Claudio, who I kind of loved at the time, but in hindsight was a complete disaster. Yes, indeed he was, Philip. How many trophies and CL qualifications did he cost us, I wonder? I forgot how number two, number three, I forgot how much he's up to here, um, but it's the uh, two twos. I don't is know what I, I think. Do you know what? I would ignore those numbers. I don't quite okay. know what's going on with that. This is part two of two, possibly. I forgot how much I loved Ida and Jimmy. I'm sure many listeners have seen that Sky interview with Ida looking back at his career, where he talks about how tragic it was that Claudio broke up his partnership with Jimmy as they loved playing together so much and they worked so well together. Yes, it was absolutely ridiculously unfathomable it was 20 years ago and one still wants to scream we're still looking for a partnership like that maybe only Drogba and Anelka have come close since number three didn't it take long for Frank to get going Mason take note uh, number four I hadn't forgotten our record record versus Spurs but my word it was good reliving all those wins number five I knew things had been bad against Arsenal but I'd forgotten how bad that said, if our record against them had not been so goddamn awful, then our Champions League win against them the following season, their invincible year, wouldn't have been so magnificent. Possibly my greatest non-Champions League trophy winning game of all. Number six. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten how shit De Hoy was. Yes, I couldn't believe how many goals were down to him. Here they were. Number seven. Three seasons being knocked out of Europe in round one. Did that really happen? Number eight, but above all, my biggest takeaway of all, without question, is how incredible is Mark Meehan. Chidge, JK, you guys aren't bad, but Mark's recall is that of a genius. And listening to, to him to tell the stories surrounding events of 20 years ago was such a pleasure. Number nine, thank you. So, on to this season. I'm horribly nervous. I can't tell you how it makes me feel to see Arsenal, possibly, and Spurs definitely better prepared than us. Than us. When was the last time Spurs were more fancy than us in the betting markets? Please, dear almighty, do not let this be the new normal. I can't bear it. Koulibaly and Sterling look like fine signings to me, and the news has been exciting this last week before the season starts. But we seem to be paying a lot for youngsters and giving long contracts at top wages. This could be inspired, but we also all know how that can go wrong. The one that stands out for me there is... Chuck Wu Emka. How does he pronounce his name? Chuck Wu Emka. Chuck Carney. Chuck Wu Emka. Chuck Carney, mate. Carney, Chuck. Yeah, Chuck Carney. Yeah, Chuck Carney. That could be anything, right? Oh, and at the time of writing, Timo and Zayek are still with us, and that can't be good. Well, one's going at the moment. Horrible first fixture and all at a ground which is as bad for us as any. What's more, they look in a terrible state, which makes three points already seem a necessity, especially with Spurs to follow. Final word. Can I give some credit to, to Romelu? Truly one of the most disastrous signings in our history. Maybe the absolute worst. But at least he took a big pay cut to move back to Italy. 
Not every player would have done that. Did he? I didn't think he did that. Did he? He's still a Chelsea player and I wish him well. And it's in our best interests that he does well. Have a great season. Philip, how is how is Romelu doing in uh, Adinta? I have, they haven't started yet, and yeah, he did, uh, he did take a pay cut. He did as well, though. Okay, yeah. right. he, he missed a sitter apparently in in one of the warm up games. A header, put it well wide. Can I? I, I haven't listened to this particular episode of Fifty Years of Chelsea. <gasps> but are you sorry? Was Mister De Hoy dissed? No, not by me. Um, no, I said that um, in the 2000... I'm not no, excuse me a second. Excuse me. Let me defend myself. In the 2003-04 season, when he came in for Claudio uh, uh, um, at the beginning of the season, um, uh, because he was injured, he, he did palm the ball into, into the penalty area a lot and the ball just went straight back into the goal. So, um, uh, but then he didn't play after that. His I last season, he was, was in at the start of the 2003-04 season. He what? Cudicini was yeah. in it. Was at the beginning. He was. Yeah, I mean, basically... Uh, was it the last season before? Which is when did he replace him, Chidge? Was it the season before? 2003, well, it was it was the season before that where, where Kudas came in, I think. But actually, the beginning of the 03-04 season, Cudicini got injured, didn't he? And Dokoy came in and he was rubbish. Yeah, he came in. Definitely, so they, definitely they, came they put in. Sullivan in instead, or maybe he'd gone. Do you know what? I can't remember. I'll have to go and listen to the show as well. In fact, actually, I haven't put the 2003. We've recorded it, but I haven't had time to edit it and put it up yet. But uh, no, It's the 2-2-0-2-3 season yeah. when, when he comes in at the beginning and Cudicini takes over yeah. because he is... He isn't yeah. playing very well at the beginning of the season. Yeah, the end of his time at Chelsea was not, I don't think, impressive. But before that, he was he was great, you know. Anyway, let's not rewrite that particular bit of history. I've got an email to read here about these very things, funnily enough. They've touched a nerve, these old uh, uh, 50 years shows. It's from Simon Walters, and he says... Uh, hi, Chidge Jonathan, another legendary guest of the week. I just wanted to reach out and send some appreciation to you all for the run of 50 years of Chelsea pods you've provided us with, especially for me, the most recent ones from 1997 to 2003. I was lucky enough to start following and going to Chelsea with my dad and a group of his friends at the age of seven and started going frequently from the 98-99 season onwards. The shows have been like a time machine and listening to them have made me realise just how shit Ed DeHoy was. No, it doesn't really say that. Sorry, Clayton. <laughs> uh, and, and listening to them have brought back so many incredible memories for me, whether they be the lowest of lows, such as Winston Bohada or Buhada being utterly shit, Slavisa Jakanovic being pain-enduring to watch, and Enrique De Lucas. I had actually erased him from my brain. However, since remember what an awful player this guy was and have no idea how he actually ever became a professional footballer. Followed by moments of being in complete euphoria, such as the rise of JT, that Mario Stanich goal versus West Ham. I was lucky enough to be there and when he took the shot, I was actually standing on my seat in the West Lower and then fell off it when I saw it fly in. Brilliant. Uh, the famous Zola chip up for Poyer's double volley resulting in nearly falling down the back of the West Stand before it was built. Uh, the Barca game and feeling the stands actually shaking and moving when Flo lobbed it in for 3-0 uh, to Gianfranco Zola's last ever goal against Everton. Again, I was lucky enough to be there in the Harding Lower and this is easily one of the best goals I've ever seen live. Zola was and still is a god for me. Notable mention and one I just could not leave out that Villa Park trip for the FA Cup semi-final. 
I also went with my dad and his friends and it was just amazing to hear that I had not dreamed or exaggerated in my mind about this game as all of your stories are basically carbon copies of my memories of this day, starting with going to the local supermarkets and clearing the shelves of celery to throw around, trying to find a place to park miles away from the ground after the long haul drive from Kent, Terry with the headband a la Terry Butcher style, and then ultimately that horrible journey home being stuck on the M6, M40 for what seemed like days, and to the point I couldn't go to school on the Monday as we were still travelling back. I could go on for weeks talking of incredible personal memories I have of these times and bore you all to tears, but it's just incredible that this club has devoted fans such as yourselves on the pod who live and breathe Chelsea's history and DNA who can bring the memories back to life. I can only imagine the amount of time, detail and research that goes into putting these shows together, so I just wanted to take take the time to say the biggest thank you from the bottom of my heart for these pods. You're all legends and an absolute credit to Chelsea Football Club. Here's to an amazing 2022-23 campaign and up the Chelsea! That's how he wrote it, honestly. All the best, Simon. Cracking email, Simon. I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, Jonathan, we, we I mean, we just had so much fun doing them and uh, Mark Meehan has been just quite outstanding, hasn't he? And I mean, we just have to leave it. This business about the amount of time, detail and research that goes into putting these shows together. It's all Mark. You, you and I don't do anything. We just do. Hey, hey, hey. I don't do, I don't do anything. For fuck's sake, mate! I do. I I do a lot. Okay, it's, sorry. Let's get this right. Sorry, I don't do anything. This, but uh, you 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 do actually. No, even even that's a confounded lie. It's, it's, honestly, Simon. Even J.K. does work on these because at the very bare minimum, he watches the season review at least three times. I own, I I tend to watch it like an hour before we go on air because I'm so busy. But well, uh, I'm forensic. I'm forensic. No, he with the does. Review. But Mark, Mark, Mark's got an incredible memory. But what he does do is that he sends me his notes of the season, which are usually hilarious anecdotes about silly things that he and his mates got up to, and they really do, I think, embellish the research that I do, which is racking my brain for what happened and all sorts of things. But I, I, I mean, we love doing them, so it's an absolute joy. So I'm, I, the fact that you all love them as much as we. Love doing them is, is is thanks enough. So there you go. I love is also the fact that it changes my mind actually occasionally about players who are, who I've given short shrift to, and then you actually think ah oh, they were doing a they were doing a good job, and I was being unfair at the time. I wasn't. Um, yep. I Twenty years time, you'll be saying you know what that Tim Werner he was all right really. Yeah, I will be saying that. Yeah. Not. <laughs> good. This is number three, Steve Lord. Um, thanks for everything you do to keep the blue flag flying high, especially those of us that are somewhat geographically disconnected now. I've been listening since the pub days when we knew the podcast was ending by the sound of the last orders bell. I emigrated to the USA in 2003, so spent the entire Roman Abramovich era, era out of the country, which meant a lot of celebrating success alone in my basement, at least until my kids got old enough to be forced to watch with me. My first Chelsea experiences were with my dad in the 90s, culminating in the 2000 FA Cup final win at the old Wembley against Aston Villa. When Wise went up to lift the FA Cup, I was there. Since moving to the States, I've stayed connected, thanks to you boys, and I'm excited and apprehensive about the Todd Bowley era. I've watched as the Premier League has expanded here, and I'm constantly surprised by the number of Chelsea fans I run into. One of my favourite experiences was driving along... um, What's that? The that fifteen something Lake Lane fifteen is that the fifteen I fifteen I fifteen is that a well known highway? I don't know. In my home state of Utah, finding myself behind a car with the license plate Drogba 
Last week, I took my kids to watch the Chelsea youth as they took on Real Monarchs of Rio, t Rio Tinto. Real Monarchs, Real Monarchs at, against, they took on Real Monarchs at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy. Uh, oh, start again. As they took on Real Monarchs at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, and was delighted to see thousands of people wearing Chelsea shirts show up to watch the Young Blues in real life. I'm sure you get lots of requests. Any help you can give me would be appreciated. I'm bringing my 16-year-old son to the UK in October to visit family and connect him to his roots. Unfortunately, our time in London doesn't coincide with a home game, but we will be in London for Brentford away on October the 18th. And I'm seeking some guidance on the best way to go about getting tickets. It's been over 20 years since I've attended a game, and I think the process of ticket purchasing has moved on from when we used to just show up at the turnstiles and buy a ticket on match day. It's just slightly. Would you be able to give me some advice on where to go and how to get tickets? Once again, thanks so much for keeping us emigrants connected. And up the chill, sir. I, th I think the sad news is, for Steve is that is possibly the most difficult away ticket to get because it's the smallest ground in London and the smallest allocation. I mean... And even the even we fans are finding, find it difficult yeah, to get them. Very, very difficult indeed. The only thing I would suggest is that you go onto the interweb and get absolutely fleeced uh, by a ticket agency. That I buy a go-go or something like that. I can't actually think there's any way other than that. Would you guys? Well, no, back, well I don't know. If he's in the States, he could. When is, when is the Brentford away? Does it, it's, in, it's in October, right? October the 18th. Join your nearest, um, you know, Chelsea in America chapter and see if you can get a ticket that way because each chapter gets an allocation and they'll get an allocation for their away games as well. That might be your best bet because, as the boys were saying, they're absolutely right. We're all having... A lot of trouble, Steve, getting away tickets. Um, there are about, I think, well, about 800 away season ticket holders there always used to be, but it's going down because basically the club are trying to get rid of it. The corporate lot have an allocation of away tickets and stroke season tickets as well. And uh, given <clears throat> given that Brentford only have a, an away allocation of about 1,200, it's very hard to get a ticket for that one. But it's hard to get away tickets for any match these days, so... I mean, you know, when you're here, keep your... I mean, here's the thing. When you're here, if you're here, tickets do come up from fans you can't go at the last minute. So, you know, keep your ear to the ground, social media, via us, whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I, I would struggle to get a ticket for that one. So, yeah. I mean, look, you know, get in touch with us near the time when you come over. You've got my number, I suspect. Maybe if you haven't, I'll I'll ping it to you and... We'll keep our ear to the ground, but yeah, it's a that's a real. T I mean, one getting one ticket would be hard. Getting two would be, you know, very difficult. But I wish you all the best. But try try Chelsea in America. Go and join one of their chapters and see if you can squeeze in there. That might be a way to do it. Right, last email of the week is from Matthew Zibilich. And he say, uh, hello, my wife is a huge Chelsea fan. And after many years of talking about it, we're finally moving forward with plans to go to England. I'm kindly asking you for assistance to make this dream a reality, please. I, may I, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, make your dream coming to England a reality. 
You have to get on a plane. Oh, I, I see what you mean. Mary is one of 11, and growing up, she played as much soccer as possible to get out of the house, and she landed a scholarship to play at the University of San Francisco. Her brother Tim, who is the spitting image of Frank Lampard in his 20s, Tim would go into English and Irish bars in San Francisco and just let folks stare at him for a bit and then turn and offer a handshake and, Hi, I'm Frank Lampard, and a good laugh would erupt. He was influ- influential encouraging Mary to follow Chelsea. I believe you had read Tim's letter on your show about how he taught his girlfriend's bird how to say Chelsea. I, you know, I do think I remember that. Um, anyway, Mary's become a devoted Chelsea fan. She was very excited to see the Chelsea women play in the Rose City next month. Last month, I think. Next month. Maybe next month. Anyway, our dream is to go to the following matches. Uh, Man United on October the 22nd. Champions League match uh, day five. And then away at Brighton on October the 29th. It's not lost on me that this is a tall order. Any assistance you can provide to help locating tickets would be much appreciated. We would love to meet up with any supporters pre-match. Thank you for reading this, Matthew Zibilich. Matthew, on the same kind of uh, theme as the previous email, um, Brighton away will be really hard to get a ticket for, again, because of the allocation being low and the uh, trying to get hold of away tickets is just really hard these days. You've got a very good chance of get a, getting a Champions League ticket. Um, I think it's the Man United a home game on the 22nd. Does anybody remember? I can't remember whether it's home or away. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Home? Yeah, because I was looking at the uh, away fixture and that's sort of March next year. So I'm pretty sure that's a home Okay. Well, again, that's a massive match. So it'll be really hard to get a ticket for. Your best bet, you know, join a local Chelsea in America chapter and try through them. Uh, Failing that, become a member of... Chelsea, you know, but a true blue member of what they call it, because if you do that, that entitles you to buy tickets from the ticket exchange if they're a home match, uh, not if it's an away match or a cup match. But uh, you might try that because tickets do appear there or keep in touch with us near the time and we'll do all we can to help. But I mean, you know, we can't guarantee that. I mean, tickets come up, they do. If tickets don't, they don't. But uh, we're likely to know if they do. So do keep in touch and good luck. It's really honestly, it's getting harder and harder and harder for all of us to get tickets but I do appreciate how how nigh impossible it is for you guys who are coming over from the states. You know, it's really tough, and I and I feel for you. But we'll do whatever we can to help. Rest assured. Okay. Um. Right. Uh, I did promise that I would gloat, didn't I, earlier on? Can you can you uh guess what I'm going to gloat about, J.K.? Um. Would that be the the prem predictions by yes. any chance, Chidge? Because didn't you get um. The 2-1 with the Brighton game, I absolutely did. spot on. I did. <laughs> I, I put 1-1 one, one for um, Arsenal, and it was going really well um, with Palace attacking, and then Gurhi headed into his own goal to make it 2-0 to the Gooners, and that bit the dust for me. But um, I have no idea where I finished. I'm oh, sure don't worry. To, I'll, I'm coming Enlighten to me. Yes. You'll be telling us I will. I will. Few moments, uh, yeah. Yes, I am gloating because, as you know, I'm usually quite hopeless about this, although I did actually steady the ship. Um, after Christmas last year, and uh, I started not doing stupidly mad predictions like five nil and stuff like that. But where's the joy? Where's the fun in that? I I, I was I, I did a bit of a two call. I became a bit conservative, you know. But it worked, J.K. Because I finished. Well, I mean, I finished in the thirties. But considering that I was keeping J.K. for company at the bottom for most of the first half of the season, that was pretty good. This season, oh my lordy, I got two spot-ons. I got the Leeds-Wolves match right and I got the uh, Man United-Brighton match right. And uh, there was a point before the City game when I was in second place, JK. What, in the whole league? In, in our league, in our predictions oh, right. league. And I was in the top 10 for the whole shebang. 
But for some stupid, completely dick-assed bloody reason, I decided that West Ham would beat Man City 2-1. What was I thinking? What was I thinking? Did I forget no, that they'd signed Erlen Haaland? Liverpool drew 2-2. You could have, yeah. <sighs> you know, they could have started badly. No, yeah. well, I, I completely forgot they'd had Haaland and I'm a pillock. But anyway, nevertheless, I, it, only, it only pushed me down to fourth. So I'm currently in fourth. I, I mean, only after one game, I admit. It'll never last. But... Uh, Jorgen Grebstadt is our leader at the moment on a whopping 234 points. He got three spot-ons. Tim McConnell. Uh, there we go. We know Tim and, of course, Claire, probably listening. Claire's probably listening. But well done, Tim. He's in second with 208. And the lovely, wonderful, brilliant, fantastic, we love him to pieces, Ash Pinto is in third at the moment. And uh, I'm in fourth. So there you go. Uh, the others of you, of the fan casters, Dean Mears is in 10th. Uh, Martin Wickham, who will always be there or thereabouts, he is in 23rd. Um, Marco Worrell, last year's Chelsea Fancast champion, and in fact he came third overall and won money as a result. He is in 33rd. Dan Silver, who's joined us this year, he is in 41st. Uh, Mark Meehan is in 70th. Dane Whittle is in 80th. There are 92 players this year, by the way. Uh, Tony Glover is in 86th place. Which leaves just the one. Have you left me out? Chief? No, you are in 92nd place. How many have we got in the league? 92. 92. 92 and I'm 92nd. You are bottom of the league. On... How, did, how, how did that happen? You got minus 19 points, mate. I was so near. You said to me you weren't going to do... Because you, you said to me on Friday you forgot that every time you get the score wrong, you lose points. I hadn't really. I was just mucking about. Okay. Well, I don't know. What, I haven't looked to see what you predicted, but minus 19. Now, you've got actually less than Paul Cannaville, who is in 87th, and I forgot to put Paul's selections in. So he got naught. Well, I've always told you it's it's frequently best just to not bother, because then I'll... I'll uh, well, Paul, I'll Paul proves that point. Won't finish bottom. I know. Uh, Philip Kenley, who wrote in this evening and has joined us this year, he's in 91st on minus 13. So you're going to have Phil, Phil for, uh, for company. Oh, good. Well, that's good. I've got some competition down yeah. there. Good. It's good. Now, we've got some ex-players in here. Canners, who I, I appallingly forgot to uh, fill in his thing because I just I had it was my birthday I was running around doing things anyway I only just about got Kerry's sorted out but Paul is in 87th with Nilpwan uh, we've got a new ex-player this year nothing to do with me getting him organised but it is would you believe this Chris Sutton is in our mini league yes but the funniest thing of all is that he's in level he's level with Dan Silver who coated him off on, on, the, on Radio 5 Live a while back uh, I, I hope they both know this anyway We've also got Pat Nevin, the legend that is Pat Nevin. He is in 32nd place, two points above Marco Worrell. Kerry's in here somewhere. Where have I? Where's Kerry gone? Don't tell me I've forgotten Kerry. Where has he gone? There we go. Kerry's in 36th place. So he's uh, in between Pat and Chris Sutton. So there you go. Um, people, it's, it, it genuinely is great fun. I mean, uh, it is a laugh, but I mean, we take it very seriously as you can... No doubt here. But if you want to join in, do it quickly. Otherwise, you'll be far too far behind to, to really do anything meaningful. But as I said, you can go up and down like a yo-yo because you lose points if you get the scores wrong. If you want to join, um, go to Chelsea Fancast, at Chelsea Fancast, on the Twitter page. It's got a link to an article with all the details on our website. Uh, and as long as you pay your 20 quid subs, Kiro lets you in and off you jolly well go. 
Um, it's also on our website. As I said, if you just go and have a look at our website, you'll find uh, invitations to the Prem Predictions League. But you do have to pay a sub. So everybody who's joined up now, if you don't pay your subs within the next week or so, Kiro will just boot you out of the league very unceremoniously. So uh, make sure you pay your 20 quid. All right. So there you jolly well go. That is pretty much that for the first uh, episode this season. Well, it's the first Monday night. We did a Friday show, of course. So uh, that is all we've got time for tonight. Uh, JK and myself will be back with the lovely Martin Wickham and Adam Newson from London this coming Friday to preview the first home match of the season against Spurs. Bring it on. Uh, of course, you can get the show and Dean's went to Mo King's Meadow. And actually also, um, those of you might, who might know Chelsea Chadder, uh, we all know him quite well. He, Chad's doing this uh, these series of podcasts for the Chelsea Heritage uh, Society, which we back very heavily uh, on the Chelsea Fancast. But I'm putting all of Chad's podcasts out on our platform. So you may find they, they drop into your uh, subscriber box. Uh, and they're well worth a listen because Chad, Chad knows his onions when it comes to history and stats. So... For, uh, you know, check those out as well, as as well as the Went to Merkings Meadow. But they're all available um, either, uh, from a- Acast, really, which is our main platform. Also, Apple, Stroke, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and all the other podcast distributors uh, in the known world. Uh, you may know, uh, I'm, I do mention it a fair bit, uh, that uh, we have a Patreon website. If you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron. Helps us to cover the costs of running all the shows, etc., etc. Um there's no pressure we have no tears we don't have like preferred people or exclusive shit we just put it up there and if you want to donate great if you don't want to donate no problem we love you anyway if you do it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast and if you do that you will immediately uh, get a link to our discord group once i've replied to you uh which is great because it's like a it's like twitter without the nonsense and there's some great people in there all of whom are patreons and they all uh discuss all things chelsea all the time particularly on match days quite a lot of fun there and you can also get a Kerry Dixon banner, which is like a replica of the one that's hanging in the Matthew Harding end, a very tiny version of it. Uh, and of course, you can join us in the Prem Predictions League, which I was talking about a minute ago. So there you go. Send your emails in, uh, preferably by Monday. Do not, uh, well, I mean, actually, preferably Sunday night, because I do the script on a Monday. So send them in then. And if you want them uh, on, read out on the show, chelseafancast at gmail.com. Also, send us a message on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. It'll all get there. As long as you get them to me by Sunday, you've got a chance of having it read out on the show. And as I said, you can follow uh, the Chelsea Fancast at Chelsea Fancast everywhere on social media. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59. Clayton, first home match of the season, and it's against Spurs. Can you remember the last time we played Spurs as our first home match of the season? No. I can't either. I was hoping you might know. No, I'm not sure that that's ever been a thing. I I think there was a... There's been quite a few early doors games against them. I remember one absolutely yonks ago, Gary Stanley scored. So that's how long ago it was when we played that wonderful yellow and green kit. Um but also there was another one early doors, which was midweek Spurs, where we lost 1-0. Nico Clausen scored. Ooh. And that was the last time we lost to them for about 29 years. So um don't know. I I I can't I can't remember. 
I don't like it. I like it to build up. So it's, uh, it's too early. Last season's game away was pretty soon near the beginning of the uh, the season, though, wasn't it? It's like third or fourth game. Was it? Yeah. Three nil. The three nil was really. Yeah. Early. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I'm I'm looking for August fixtures because that's the one to look for. There were a couple away to them in the last thirty years, late August though, so it wouldn't have been the first game of the the season. But I'm not getting any joy with this early in the season. Oh, no, twenty sixth of August. You see, that's we've had a few matches by then. It needs to be uh, kind of like mid August, doesn't it? Normally when the season kicks off, not getting anything at all on the website that I go to for such things. So this could be the earliest we've played, but say another 27th of August. That was in 1923, but that's that's we would have had a couple of games by then. All right, so our, by our very quick and very unscientific reckoning, this is possibly the earliest we've played Spurs at home in a season ever. JK, is that a good or a bad thing? Well, the way we played on Saturday, it's possibly a bad thing, but um, we have an ability to rise uh, to, to we raise rise us like a souffle of, against this Spurs. kind of thing, like the phoenix itself from the ashes. Um, yeah, like a souffle. Uh, the crowd will certainly be up for it. Um, they appear to have, have hit the ground running, so. Uh, but I, I, it's the kind of thing I think he'll sort something out. I think we'll have a very different team next week. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he's, uh, uh, as I say, he'll pick Cucurella from the beginning and Coulibaly, um, uh, Thiago Silva, um, uh, possibly Dave won't play right. Um, James should be more involved. Um, uh, and let's see what he does with the midfield. Uh, but uh, at the moment, the, the three we've got up front with Havertz and Mount don't work so let's see what option he got he's got perhaps we buy somebody this week and he's straight to the side who knows Obama Yang anybody I don't know it's um it, it's with we're now associated with Zahar again which I don't think is going to happen I think that's made up um but you know when in doubt find somebody who uh um hasn't been discussed before and throw them into the mix and that appears to be the way that uh uh linking works and that was I'm sure that's in your article wasn't it Clayton the idiocy of uh transfers being invented just appears to be pick a yeah. name see somebody i love the way that they started talking about saint maximum and um uh, and treori and i thought the next one would have been andy carroll because that was normally the route that we take isn't it it's it's, it's uh let's find somebody completely useless to be associated to be linked i, with I, I, I don't know laugh everybody then laughs as if it's the truth oh chelsea gonna buy andy carroll ah, ah, ah. You yeah, i don't know what's more insane the fact that people find it amusing to make this shit up to sound important or the fact that people get wound up wound up by it yeah yeah it is phenomenal the way it's absolute and utter pants yeah Yeah, yeah. there's a couple of people i mean matt law has obviously got the ear of the club fabrio whatever his name is here uh, we go yeah he's obviously he's on speed dial for all of the agents they must tell him what's going on and what have you but yeah i mean that absolute and utter bellend who basically i'm not going to mention but you everybody will know who basically has got something like two hundred thousand followers for cut and pasting yeah. i mean hats off to him i really got that yeah, it, is, it is remarkable he made it? a living out of cut and pasting 
absolutely brilliant. I'm, I'm. They all subscribe. They subscribe as well. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Anyway, I know. the best thing about next Sunday. I mean, you know, it's there is something. I, I think I wrote about this in my CFC case, but there, but there's something really special about the first home game of the season. We get to see people we haven't seen for far too long. It's always great fun. It will be great fun. I think the fact we got Spurs as the the first game is brilliant. You know, I think make it. Everybody will be well up for it because whatever happens, you cannot lose to Spurs. Or as we said at Bournemouth many, many years ago, beat fucking Tottenham. You better beat fucking Tottenham, which was just delightful. And that's important. So I'm really up for the fact that it's a big match against Spurs as our first home game of the season. And I really look forward to seeing so many of you there uh, next Sunday. But before that, as I said, we're going to be here on Friday with the preview show. So don't forget to tune in for that. Uh, Clayton, been brilliant to see you as always. I look forward to seeing you in the flesh, as it were, very, very soon. Yeah, no, it'd be good. If I don't see you in the pub, I will wave to you at the ground. Give me the royal wave, as you do. I, I shall, will give I, you yeah. the royal wave. Okay, I shall wave back, of course, genuflecting as I do. Um, it's brilliant tonight. Really enjoyed it. Great to be back. Life. Great to be back, isn't it? Talking football it's again. fantastic. Yeah. It's really good. Exactly that. JK, <coughs> again, uh, brilliant seeing you. Uh, and I hope to see you... Well, you never know. We we do so occasionally see you at the ground. I, uh, I flit in and you out. Do, yes. You do. Uh, but you take care, and I'll see you again on Friday. Looking forward to it, Judge. Well done. <clears throat> well done, Clayton. Fantastic. Mwah. Well, there we go. All that is left for us to say is thanks for listening. See you Friday. Till then. <coughs> oh, fuck me. It's gone all Until then. Chidge is having a paroxysm. It's Help. Gone all, I'll do no, it. I, I ate a nut. It's got stuck the bridge is falling down. <laughs> Poor old Chidgey. Uh, I'll try that again. Thanks for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Chelsea. It's the ninetieth minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.